Welcome everyone to another Slab Stocks YouTube live show. My name is Aaron, one of your hosts tonight on Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. I am joined by Nate, and we've got a big episode tonight, a huge episode, as we are joined by Peter Steinberg, the CEO of SGC, to talk about SGC grading and what they're doing in 2022 and how they grew so much in 2021. Now, if you'll notice right now, it looks like I'm frozen looking down at my computer because uh, that is that is the case, is that the camera and my computer still are not cooperating together last night. I was having technical difficulties today. I was putting in pretty much all the work to get all this stuff ready for tonight's live stream and for all the Instagram content today. So it just completely slipped my mind to do whatever I could to fix it. So I apologize. That looks like I'm going to be frozen the entire night. That's just how it's going to be. Um, but you can still hear me, I'm pretty sure. Let me know in the comments if you can hear me because um, that is the most important part. Otherwise, there'd be nothing if you could just see me and not hear me. Um, what's up, Global? What's up, uh, Diego and Robert? Good to see everyone here. And uh, Nate, how are you doing tonight? Good. Good, good, good. Awesome. So Peter's going to be joining us about halfway through the show, a little bit after 6.30 now, since we are a little delayed, was trying to get this stuff situated before going live. But uh, we've got a huge show, like I said, and we're going to start off with some market talk. And as you can see on the cover of today's show, uh, there is an Anthony Edwards and Jason Dominguez we have to talk about as well. Uh, but before doing that, we've got the PWCC Weekly Auction number 3 recap here. we got 12 different sales to chat about really quick. Um, and feel free to toss in your comments into the chat as we go through these because there were some interesting debates from last night's auction uh we finished the live stream last night around 10 15 central time as weekly number three wrapped up um and of course there's some sales to discuss and the first one that nate pulled up was this kaboom psa 9 to tease um pre-rookie card that's a 2018 kaboom still a prospect at that time and then versus an on-card transcendent mike trout auto non-rookie psa 10 they both sold for 1320 dollars uh nate slash chat what are we thinking here? What are we thinking on that Kaboom versus the Trout? Because Instagram was leaning heavy towards Trout. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not – I think it said rookie on the PWCC um, monthly auction little tidbit, but it is not weekly, a rookie. Weekly auction. <laughs> or weekly auction. It is It is 2018. Um, and uh, 2018 non-rookie, non-licensed, short print number to something of Tatis or – in auto, number 25 of Trout, even though it's non-rookie, easy. I agree there. I agree there. Uh, this one was brought a lot of different talk on our live stream last night. Giannis Prism Red BGS 9.5, <coughs> excuse me, rookie versus the 2019 Select John Morant Green Off 5 PSA 10. They both sold for $9,600. That John Morant is a big, I have to assume. I remember it selling for around 4K, but I couldn't find the sale. Um, but either way, that's the exact same sale dollar amount. And I have to agree with someone in Instagram. I don't remember who commented, but uh, they're talking about how there's like Ooh, a, Aaron, I think there's a knock at the door. I'm looking for a package. I'll be back. All right. Sounds good. I'll keep it going. Uh, there was, I mean, there is a million different cards of John Moran versus Giannis back in 2013. Like there are so many different parallels, either in select prism optic uh, mosaic, whatever set you want to bring up. There's just so many different parallels that at some point, maybe it just seems like, uh, they all bleed together versus a Giannis Prism Red. That's a short print. Um, it is is quite the card. And personally, I'd rather have have the Giannis. But let us know in the chat if you do have some thoughts on the Giannis versus the John Morant. The Giannis is not numbered, if you are wondering. Our next debate comes with some Joe Burrow action. Of course, Joe Burrow playing in the Super Bowl this upcoming weekend. We've got a one of one. This is his Phoenix Rising Rookie. That is a gold vinyl patch auto. Uh, with a tag, the laundry tag versus his prism, not prism, contenders, auto PSA 1010 with the 10 autograph. So for the exact same amount, 
Nate, I'm not really sure about you, but I was not really expecting this uh, from the sofa for the exact same amount. Of course, it's Phoenix, but um, 8,400 it, it must be a Phoenix insert, right? Rising rookie insert. Yeah, I'm assuming it's not like the normal patch autograph, right? But um, I there's no chance you, you'd get me to spend the same amount of money on a base contenders rookie. I know contenders is a big thing in football, yada, yada, yada. But that's a one-on-one. Uh, Nate, I'm taking the contenders. Call me crazy. I know it's a one of one. Really? I'm taking the contenders. Yeah, I mean, you're talking Tom, Tom Brady contenders, the biggest football card ever made. I want this. Yeah, but that's that. that's a whole different era. That's 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 like the only thing. That's like the only thing they had back then. I no, mean, they had a ton of cards, but I get it. But I also think that that burrow just is one of a bunch of different one of ones from 2000. That's fair. That's fair. But uh, how many contenders on card autos are there? Yeah, no, I get you. I'm not. I'm not like I guess super, super passionate about one way or another. But I would take the contenders personally. Uh, on the right side here, we've got an SGC 910 of a 2017 Tops Now. That is a Judge MLB All Star Game starter rookie auto number out of 99 on card from Tops Now versus his debut ticket PSA nine full ticket. 156 for the on card auto, 126 for the ticket. I know nothing about the ticket market, but uh, pretty close in value there for an auto versus the ticket. Nate, what do you think? Neither of them really does it for me, so I'm going to sit this one out. <laughs> he's going to sit this one out. It's baseball, but he's like, eh. It's Aaron Judge. It's Aaron. <laughs> That's a bigger problem. Shout out Vincent. And then our uh, last – oops. Well, it's not going. Oh, there we go. Our last two debates for tonight for the PWCC Weekly Auction. We've got the Curry Tops Chrome Rookie number of 999 PSA 9, so for 15K – Versus the exquisite rookie auto numbered out 225 BGS 9 that sold for 12,600. Someone on Instagram did point out that this has a BGS 9 autograph. Um, as you can tell, it's a little smudge there at the top. Nate, did you see as a BGS 9? I didn't. I didn't check. I did, I did not. Yeah. I did not check so, either. Or at least someone said that they think it was a BGS 9. I mean, autograph. even if it is. I, I agree. Okay. I, 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 someone's like, well, it's a Davidson jersey. And I was like, well, he's got a Haynes t shirt on the other picture. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would way rather have the on-card rookie auto for two thousand some dollars less, for sure. And then on the right side, I can't believe this one same for the exact sold for the exact same amount. Um, Pele, the editor Acarella, this is a SEC authentic. Um, sold for three thousand one hundred twenty versus the Ronaldo R nine sticker BGS nine point five. I'm not super sure how they had nine five centering on that. Do you see at the top to bottom there? Mm-hmm. But uh, it sold for 3120 also. And when we posted this debate, they were the exact same amount, probably in like the $500 range uh, pre the auction ending. And they sold for the exact same amount um, a week later. But yeah, that was the PWCC weekly auction number three. We were live bidding last night and we will be upcoming uh, on Sunday. I believe that they're doing it on the Super Bowl. We'll see how that goes. But um, we'll for sure have the game on while that while we're bidding on it, obviously, starting at 9.45 p.m. Eastern time, the FlipQuest 2022 uh, but we've got a super packed episode today, so we're just going to keep chugging along through the episode because there are some other things to discuss. Um, who out there saw this sale? So the Jason Dominguez Super Fractor Auto, one of one, PSA 10. If you remember, we talked about this card when it got pulled. Well, now it's sold. It sold through Golden Auctions on Saturday night for $474,000. Um, that is one of the craziest sales I've ever seen since being in sports cards, which is a long time. So... For the chat out there, what do you think of this sale? You know, we got 474K on this card, but this guy is yet to play above A ball. He is now ranked the 89th prospect via Baseball America. And if he was not on the Yankees and didn't wasn't nicknamed the Martian, 
Nate, how much would this card be selling for? <laughs> um, my guess, five, maybe six thousand dollars. That's, that's impossible. There's no way it's only five to six k. Dude, if he wasn't on the Yankees and he was just the number one overall pro, um, uh, number one overall recruit, and not have all the hype around him, if he was on the Diamondbacks and was the number one overall international signee from a couple years ago, there's no way this card is worth more than like $6,000. Oh, I would say it's like 20K probably. You know how much money people spend on one-on-one Superfractor autos? Uh, yeah, that's fair. But I, 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 there is the, he will You're, not be the next trout. Zachary says his friend says he's supposed to be the next trout. Nate, Nate dismisses that quickly. <laughs> um, Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts and none of them are good. What's up, Magic? How are we doing? Uh, we've got two other sales that went down. We're calling this the Prospect Gold Rush because an immaculate one of one uh, NFL Shield Auto of Joe Burrow sold for five hundred thirty-four thousand. And that same night, the Zion Williamson nine point five ten NTRPA number ninety-nine sold for five hundred ninety-four K, which is crazy that that card sold for more than the Burrow, more than the Dominguez. Because I will say this: although this Dominguez sale is crazy, Nate and I have talked. And if he does have just an insane season, let's say, this thing is probably doubling by the end of the season. Um, if he can, I guess, play up to the hype that was out there, this Zion is, feels like paying an all-time high at an all-time low perception of what's going on with him and his future. Um, we'll have more to talk about with this card later in the show. But here's the, where it gets fun, because uh, Nate and I both went through and put together some little things on what we just saw. So let's go, Nate. Let's hear it. All right, so there's two slides here, and you'll notice a bunch of big cards, a bunch of well-known cards, and um, you'll you'll kind of get the picture here. So we've got the Mantle PSA 1.5, the Kobe Tops Chrome Rookie BGS 10, the Verstappen Dynasty out of 10, the Hamilton PSA 9, um, Sapphire Gold, number 50, the Mbappe Rookie Orange, number 25, PSA 9, the Holland BGS 8, Sapphire, number 25. The Vlad Guerrero Jr., Orange Wave Auto, PSA 10? Yep, 10. Um, number 25. The Gretzky, PSA 8, Opeachy, not tops, Opeachy. The Acuna, number 25, BGS 9, 5, Orange Auto. The Mike Trout Refractor Auto, no, number 500, BGS 9, 5. The Mahomes, number 25, Tie-Dye XRC, PSA 10. The BGS 9, Tom Brady uh, contenders auto the X fractor uh, LeBron number to 220 um, whatever that is P PSA 8.5 and then the SGC 95 Michael Jordan and then if you go to the next slide <laughs> More. you also have a middle bar here and you've got the Tiger Woods SB authentic number to 900 BGS 95 the future watch Sidney Crosby rookie auto number to 999 right PSA 10. Um, PSA 10, the Mega Cracks, uh, Messi BGS 9, a Precious Metal Gems uh, Blue number to 50 PSA 8 um, from 2013. So an actual rookie, Giannis. Um, sometimes, you know, you get Precious Metal Gems of random dudes from random years, but this is a legit rookie. Um, the <clears throat> uh, Herbert number to 25 uh, playoff ticket or whatever, or championship ticket. Yeah, um, 25. BGS, BGS 9, 5. The Soto, Purple Auto, numbered to 250, PSA 10, and then a 2015-2016 Flawless 
patch auto number to 20 just for kicks and giggles because I wanted Ronaldo. to get I wanted to get Ronaldo in there. And all of these cards combined have sold with since January 1st. So a month basically since it's February 7th right now. All of these cards since January 1st and the grand total is $578,000. No way, are you serious? You could have bought every single one of these cards and pocketed another $16,000. To maybe grade the uh, Ronaldo and maybe grade the Verstappen or uh, bump a couple grades here or there by sending him to SGC. I don't know. But um, you could have bought every single one of these cards in the last month and a half or month and a week instead of buying one single Zion. Or you could have just put in a little bit more money and got all those versus. You could have put in another hundred grand and bought all those cards instead of the Jason Dominguez. What you have to imagine someone that spends four hundred seventy four k on a card, especially if Jason Dominguez could go out and pick up all these for another. I, I mean, grand. look at look at that. You have the mantle, right? You've got the Tiger and the Sidney Crosby. You've got all the sports there. I put try to get like every big sport there. But look how many out of twenty fives you've got. You've got out of twenty five of Mbappe. You've got an out of twenty five of Holland. You've got an out of twenty five of Acuna and out of 25 of Mahomes, out of 20 of Ronaldo, out of 25 of Ladd. That's crazy. That's crazy. And you have some, you know, Gretzky rookie in there, Brady contenders, rookie auto. That's nuts. Good research, Nate. I like that. I like it. Um, I also did my own little thing here and I put together this right here, which is Hank Aaron Topps rookie PSA nine. This is a beautiful copy. I mean, just unbelievable. Uh, 2003 exquisite limited logos lebron james auto bgs 9.510 patch auto and then the jackie robinson rookie psa 8 now i don't remember exactly in my head how much these things sold for but i do know what they all sold between like 475k and 550k so you could have bought each each of them you could have bought three, these three cards here on the screen or you could have bought these three cards on the screen zion joe burrow and Dominguez, and I'd actually venture to guess you'd have a little bit more money left over with these three because I think that these three sold for uh, less than $1.5 million combined, which is just insane to think that you could have some of the finest copies of Hank Aaron and Jackie Robinson rookies and then a LeBron limited logos patch auto for the same amount. Also, this LeBron sold for about hundred k less than the Zion. <laughs> if you, if you, if you want to compare like RPAs. Is oh. that insane, Nate? Wait, 100K less than the Zion brings it up to the cost of the uh, Dominguez. Or brings yeah. it down to the cost of the Dominguez. Pretty much. You could have had that or the Dominguez. Yeah. That's insane. Basically. So, yeah, it is very crazy. Very, very crazy. Uh, what you're looking at right now here on the screen, this is our weekly slab number nine. And the reason why this is on the screen is because in the weekly slab number nine, half of the episode was about the potential new number two grading company out in the market. And, you know, we have done a lot of our own research. We've done a lot of own experiences with this. We've been submitting different cards to SGC for the cheap service level, getting them back in quick time, buying these cards at shows, buying really cool, interesting cards like Allen Iverson star dates. Um, I also went and picked up like, let's just say, for example, LeBron EX Fleer rookie this weekend. I'm um, really interesting raw cards. And using the cheap service level, using the quick turnaround times and seeing what happens. And we've had great experience. And really everything that prompted this all coming more in a social environment, meaning discussions through Instagram, YouTube, and now here on YouTube Live um, with all of you. And I just want to thank everyone once again for coming. 
is this post that got put up by Gemrate uh, back at the end or beginning of February. This was a recap of the total items graded in January by PSA, SGC, and Beckett. Um, the PSA obviously graded an insane amount of cards. They are the biggest company. They are the top grading company when it comes to pulling values on gem and grades. Um, it, there's really just no debate in that at all. And they grade 775,000 cards in January or items and SGC grade 81,000 versus Beckett, which grade 61,000, which is a huge discrepancy. Like Nate said, for when you get under a hundred thousand cards that are graded in a month, the 20 K difference is massive. Like that's no small peanuts there. Um, this prompted a lot of, a lot of discussion just between Nate and I ourselves, but more so want to bring this to light with everyone on the live stream to get everyone's thoughts as we walk through this episode, but more than just on the live stream, uh, we posted this huge, this huge story blast this morning. Um, you know, we're Peter, the CEO is joining us tonight. And because of that, I want to go through and look up as much data as possible on what's happened to SGC cards and values and turnaround times and cost of grading over the last year and really see what the difference is today. So I explained it right here. Like, Hey everyone, you know, there's a lot of chatter about the number two sports card grain company. Let's see what happens with the community. I literally was just letting the community vote on these polls. It was open discussion to see what happens with what people think about the perception of SGC versus BGS say February 7th, 2021, sorry, 2022, um, 2022 classic so Aaron doesn't know what year I is. know. I know. So all the sales data here is via card ladder. Um, all the sales histories combined uh, between like 14, 15 different data sources over the past 15 years. Um, but all these sales did happen within the last like two weeks at the most. And I did try to dig up ex as many examples as I could from different sports, different years, different brands, um, and, he, you know, I was trying to find ones with BGS also selling for more than SGC just to have it try to be as unbiased as possible. So, hey, yeah, Nate. before you get really into it, I just want to bring up this one comment because it goes with the last thing we covered from Jennifer. And she said people at this monetary level want what other people don't have, though. And that's a very good take because the um, the. Uh, Zion was the only BGS 95 out there, obviously, the. Jason Dominguez is the only one on one out there. Um, and I guess, yeah, when you have $500,000, you can blow on a card. It's not about getting the most value out of it. Probably it's about bragging. And uh, she has a good point. C2, C2C sports cards, the exact same thing. Um, and I, I get that too. All right, but back to this because Nate did have to uh, give me a brief interruption. That's okay. That's okay. We want to bring those to audience comments as always. And what's up, Jeremy Lee, by the way, sports card live in the chat. He said that's a great perspective based on what Nate put out there. And Nate, I actually love what you did there. I really want to turn that into an Instagram post for tomorrow. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna get into this because I've got about 10 minutes right now. I'm gonna put myself at 535 Central Time to get on and talk to Peter. Um, let's start walking through it. So I'm just gonna this is just gonna be exactly came from what came from the story post as of 4 p.m. Central Time. This was the voting. So I brought different examples of SGC 10 gem mints, compared them to BGS 9.5 gem mints, took the last sale of each, and just asked people to vote. Which card do you think is worth more? The first slide right here on the left is what people saw first. Um, it was 36% vote for SGC 10, 64% for 9.5. And then I said, which card do you think is in better condition? It was 48% uh, for the SGC 10 gem mint, 52% for the BGS 9.5 gem mint. So more votes came for SGC and the what was a better condition card. And then... As for the actual sales history, I updated this later in the story post. So people didn't see this at the time of voting or at the time of voting for any of the other cards in today's discussion. Um, but the BGS 9.5 sold for $3,000 on January 30th and the SGC 10 sold for $2,760 
on February 6th. Now, this is the 1998 Fleer Electrifying Michael Jordan. I should have made that clear that this is one of the cards that brought in from the 90s because I want to try to get cards from different eras. So this was our first example. Then we have the second example. I brought in a really ultra-modern card. This is a 2019 Prism Rookie Penmanship John Morant Sticker Rookie Auto. Um, the SGC 1010, I or the SGC 10 got 35% of the votes for which card do you think is worth more versus 65% BGS 9.5. 48% for what think that it's in better condition than the BGS 9.5, so less than 50% again. Um, well, actually, less than 50%. Oh, it's actually the same exact voting. Excuse me. I, it's just all over the place there. It's the exact same voting for the John Morant versus the MJ. Um, but when you look at the sales values, it's actually the exact same. 1225 on February 6th on auction for the SGC 10. Uh, 1225 on January 31st for the BGS 9.5 uh, John Morant Prism Auto. So this is you know a way more modern card here, 2019. But this is also before like 2020, 2021 cards because Beckett shut down a ton of their services in 2021. So this is before that. So it would have been cheaper, most likely to grade this John Morant at a point in time um, with BGS than you can now. Next up is a 2000. This is the UD graded uh, Brady rookie number out of 1325. So the voting went uh, 43% thought that the SGC 10 would be worth more. 57% thought that the BGS 9.5 would be worth more. That's with no subgrades. But when it came to what do people think is the better condition card, 57% of the votes said the Brady and 43% said the BGS 9.5 Brady uh, with no subs. So I guess I don't know if it's a sub, no subgrades that for, you know, urge people to vote for the Brady for the better condition card. But when you look at the sales, it was $7,200. This was last night in the PWCC weekly auction number three for the Brady SGC 10 versus the Brady no subs 9.5 sold for $59.86 on January 23rd. Now that was two weeks ago. And that was before Brady retired. But according to the card ladder estimate, that Brady would be worth around 6700 today based on his market growing since his retirement, um, which still isn't at 7200 but it's very, very close. Um, so you could almost call it even after the retirement if this card did sell again, in essence. Now, on the, this time we got another uh, ultra-modern card here. This is a 2020 Bowman Chrome Mega Box Auto Jason Dominguez on-card auto. Everyone loves Jason Dominguez right now for... I guess one reason or another, but SGC 10 people thought that was 35% or 35% of the people thought that it'd be worth more than the BGS 9.5, but 51% thought that was in better condition than the 9.5. And this 9.5 has true gem uh, 9.5 all around subgrades too. So that's interesting. And uh, the SGC 10 sold for a thousand dollars and then the BGS 9.5 sold for $960 two weeks apart. All right, now we got Brady. I'm just going to start to go through this a little bit quicker. Uh, this is a 2020 Prism Silver SGC 10. 42% thought that it was worth more. 58% thought the 9.5 was. But 58% thought that the SGC 10 Gem Mint was a better condition card versus 42% thought that the 9.5 was a better condition card. Now, the Brady 9.5 did have nine centering, so that's probably something that maybe swayed the vote um, because the subgrades from BGS seemed to really, you know, tell people what they should be paying for the car because they think it really does mean something. Um, and then the SGC 10 sold for 605 versus the BGS 9.5 that sold for 675. Uh, so that SGC 10 Brady is a little lower there. Now, Anthony Edwards, 40% thought that the SGC 10 would be worth more. 60% thought that the Anthony Edwards 2020 Prism Silver, that's the card we're looking at here, the 9.5 would be worth more. But once again, 60% thought that the SGC 10 was in better condition versus the BGS 9.5, there's 40%. Um, that one did have nine centering also. And the SGC 10 sold for 685 on February 5th, while the 9.5 sold for 
6.05 on February 3rd, so higher for the SGC 10. This one is one of the most interesting ones to me. It's the Cal uh, McCarr. I think that's how it's pronounced. He's a defender for the Avalanche. He's amazing. Uh, 2019 Young Guns rookie, SGC 10. 38% of the votes thought they'd be worth more uh, versus 62% for BGS 9.5. 56% though thought that it was in better condition versus the true gem that people thought 44% that was in better condition. That one just is interesting to me. That is so different. And it is a true gem. It's not like that they have like nine centering like the Prism Silver Anthony Edwards. Now, the sales values for this one is pretty staggering. Uh, February 6th, $627 on an eBay best offer for the SGC 10. The last two BGS 9.5s, both the best offer and an auction average out to be 478. Moving on to this is an SGC 9.5 versus BGS 9.5. I did want to throw one of these in there um, just to see how people voted. Which card do you think is worth more? SGC 9.5 at 22% of the votes versus the BGS 9.5, which had 78. So SGC 9.5 is a mint plus grade. It's not classified as a gem mint grade. It's a different grading skill than Beckett. Um, and then the BGS 9.5 is a gem mint card. And then for the which card do you think is in better condition? 30% said SGC 9.5 mint plus versus BGS 9.5 gem mint for 70%. But if you look at the sales values, the last 9.5 SGC sold for 1300 last SGC 10 sold for 2250 and then the last BGS 9.5 sold for 1363 on average between two sales. Took like a higher one and a lower one. And there were multiple SGC 9.5s that sold recently for 1300 or 12, 1250 to 1300 So that wasn't just like one really high sale. This one's super interesting to me for sure. And there's a lot of these floating out there. Obviously, the update trouts, there's like 5,000 PSA 10. So this is a pretty common card. Um, and then I want to get a, one super high-end sale in here. So I have the Flawless SGC 10 Patch Auto Horizontal of Luca number at 25 versus the BGS 9.5. Uh, 32% of the votes thought that the SGC 10 is worth more than BGS 9.5. But when it comes to the which card is in better condition, 49% vote for SGC 10 Gem Mint versus 51% for BGS 9.5. So that really tightened up there. And this is to be known is that these two sales were happened pretty far apart because the card's so rare, it's hard to find sales that happen super close to each other. So the SGC 10 sold for $33,600 on November 20th, while the BGS 9.5 sold for $34,200 on January 23rd. Um, hard to really tell how Luca's high-end market has moved since then. Card ladder estimate says that it might have lost like $800 since then, the SGC 10 since, no since November 20th. But realistically, these things are pretty much the same uh, sales values here. And both those sold through PWCC Premier. Now, at the end, that was all 12 different uh, examples. I summed it up and I said, if you owned all of these cards raw right now, here's your option on grading them, the cost and the turnaround time. So per SGC website is $30 per card directly if you submit through the website. And it says right there, it's 20 to 25 business day turnaround. If you go on the BGS website, it takes a while to get to even where you can submit or figure out how much it is. Uh, but it's $100 per card for no subgrades, $150 for subgrades. And through their website, it says, that, well, it doesn't even give you what the turnaround time is. It's unknown. So you're pretty much sending in $100, $150, not really knowing how long it'll take or when you'll get your cards back. Um, SGC to grade all 10 cards is $300, while grading all 10 cards with BGS is either $1,000 for no subgrades or $1,500 for subgrades. Now on the right here, the, here's the total market value of all the cards I just showed you all before this. This sums it all up and it includes the Trout SGC 10 value because we're comparing the total value of the SGC 10s versus the BGS 9.5. So it's $50,552 total for the SGC 10s versus the BGS 9.5s is $49,042. So this is obviously pretty close. I mean, it's like $1,500 away. Um, that's nothing like 
insane when it's a $50,000 total value, but it shows a lot when the total cost of grade is $300 versus with BGS with subgrades is $1,500. If you do without subgrades for $1,000, you are probably losing a lot of value off that $49,000 if you do it all without subgrades. I mean, as I said, the turnaround times are unknown with BGS in 20, 25 days with SGC. Now, I want to say before, actually, I'll go through this and then I'll talk after that. Uh, where would you rather send all, and then I asked the audience, where would you rather send all 10 of those cards to get graded, knowing the market value and cost of grading? 64% chose SGC, 36% chose BGS. Which card grading company is doing a better job putting the collector first and being transparent? 79% for SGC and 21% for BGS. So that was one of the furthest away polls in, of the entire, of every single question we asked. This was actually the, the widest spread was asking which co company do you think is putting the collector first and do you think is being transparent? Um, I will say just for everyone to know, there was around a thousand sample size in just about every single one of these polls. So it wasn't like a couple hundred, um, it was at least a thousand on pretty much all of these. Um, so 79% SGC, 21% BGS. And the next question was which card grading company as of today, February 7th, 2022 is the number two in the sports card industry. 54% said SGC, 46% said BGS. Uh, which card grading company will be number two at the end of 2022? More people voted for SGC than the previous question. So 64% for SGC versus 36% for BGS. Now, before moving on to some of these uh, DMs I received, I just want to say that the biggest thing about this is that, yeah, the market values are pretty close, right? Like the SGC 10 versus BGS 9.5 market values are extremely close. Um, and a lot of people would, would say, well, that's pretty much should show it's 50-50 right now split on what's what's the number two grain company bgs or sgc um my response is that if we were sitting here two years ago and we were doing slab stacks two years ago and we try to do this live stream it would be literally impossible to do you would never ever ever find these sales that were this close together um and two years later now we are finding these sales and not just a few sales it's a lot of sales so the guys looking at all sales 500 and up um of sgc 10 graded cards in the last like week and is mirroring all of them to the BGS 9.5 sales I could recently that had cards were selling recently is pretty difficult to actually even find BGS 9.5s that were out selling SGC 10s. Like I was trying, I was trying to find more. Um, and, and it is, it is um, quite the interesting story here. I'm just going to read, I'm not going to read through all these. I'm just going to sum them up because there's a lot of different DMS I received off of our stories. Um, some people are talking about how BGS hasn't changed with their prices the mysterious turnaround times for years. And I tend to agree that a lot of people for even years now, I mean, this is not just coming recently with us having a partnership with SGC. I'll make it very clear um, that as soon, you know, if you listen to us back a year ago, I was most likely at this time seeing the exact same things about BGS. They're not doing anything different. They're not helping out the consumer. They're not communicating with the customers. They're not talking about their turnaround times. They're not talking about what they're doing to better their turnaround times or clear through the backlog. And I'm saying the same things a year later now. So this is what happens. Um, you start to get these 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 sale values that are getting really close to each other. Um, and then we'll just keep moving through here. Um, Dar I, this is my guy, Darbs. He was talking about how if companies like BGS don't listen to collectors, they will be replaced. I mean, he doesn't see any bias in these polls. It's just people who love the hobby. I think he's talking about us and see how SGC deserves credit for how they handled PSA closing and took advantage of that. Props to them too. And to you guys, which is true. That is what I saw is how SGC handled the backlog from um how they, they handle the backlog as a excuse me i just messed up how they're handling when psa had the backlog and what they're doing in a, in 
in, uh, put in new service times and new new values and all that stuff to really help with the collector. And um, this is the one that I do want to respond to really quick is that right here it says this doesn't seem really fair. Um, compare SGC 9.5s to BGS 9.5s. It's really hard to get an SGC 10. So the reason why we were comparing SGC 10s to BGS 9.5s is because that is the technical grade, the gem mint from each company. Now, when it comes to what the pop report is and the percent that you can get an SGC 10 versus an SGC 9.5 or BGS 9.5 versus a BGS 9 versus a BGS 10, that's a much greater discussion. But to me, to answer this really quickly is that if you get a BGS 9 versus a BGS 9.5, that is a huge difference when you're talking about comparing that to an SGC 10 value. You have an extra tier there to get an SGC 9.5 with the min plus, and they do sell pretty well. We have a good experience with that. Um, and that that is my only argument to that is that you do have the extra grade there with the SGC 9.5 and the SGC 10 gem mint. I mean, we've gotten them on on cards. It's not like they're impossible to get. It's not the same as getting a BGS 10 pristine, just as it's not the same getting an SGC 10 pristine gold label. I want to bring up a couple examples of ours because, like I said, I mean, I know that a lot of people out there will say, well, you guys are partners with SGC or partners with PWCC, this and that. And my response is always the same thing. You know, we make partnerships based off of what we believe in and what we see work for us and that we want to bring value to our community. Um, you know, the only way to really build this thing up for everyone to keep on having hobby content to enjoy is for us to find these really good partnerships that we believe in and build on them. And that's what we've been doing. And that's what, you know, I believe in. Um, and I truly do believe in what we've been able to do between SGC and PWCC. You know, I bought this John Morant on the right here, this orange ice. I bought for $125, $150 at a card show in Wisconsin in November. Um, I probably played pretty strong on it too because I thought it looked pretty good for grading at the time. I sent it to SGC. It got 9.5. I sent it to PWCC. It sold on the auction on January 30th for $420. The most recent PSA 9 sold for $270. The most recent BGS 9 sold on December 29th, 2021 for $235. Like that right there is exactly what I'm talking about. Um, same with the Allen Iverson. I bought this in Vegas in October. Sent to SGC for $30, got back in probably like 20 business days. Um, sold for $384 on January 23rd through the PWCC weekly auction. The last PSA 9 sold for $295 on December 28th. So this sold for $100 more. I'm not seeing that all SGC 9s sell for more than PSA 9s. That's not true. Um, PSA 9s generally outsell P, uh, SGC 9s. But for us that work for this one, I'm assuming because it's a more rare card. And the BGS 9 last sold for $280. So that's just an example of that we had. But um, exactly. And then this last one I want to pull up is a, just a flip side example, right? SGC 8.5. We graded this one. I bought this in Vegas too for like $50. Paid 30 to grade it. Sold for $112 um, through PWCC. It's an SGC 8.5. And the PSA 8 sold for about $152. So that's a flip side example where like, yeah, the PSA 8, um, it does it does uh, outsell SGC when it gets to those lower graded ones. Like I said, PSA 9 over SGC 9. Um, it, just, it just all depends. I mean, it all depends on the cards. Now, before, I'm going to welcome in Peter here really quick. I just want to give a quick shout out is that this week we will be live on Whatnot uh, Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be live and Nate will be live on Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Just want to let people know who don't know our new schedule yet for breaking it does go down on at Whatnot um, or that's on Instagram, but uh, the the Whatnot app. And uh, we've been having a super fun time. They're building a really great soccer community. So if you are a soccer card fan, would recommend joining because it's a super fun time. Hey, but, uh yeah, go ahead, Nate. I'd like to congratulate you on sticking to your 535. Uh, <laughs> Say uh, seven minutes isn't too bad. <laughs> seven, seven minutes isn't too bad over. I noticed that, but there's a lot to get there, man. Hey, I, you would have taken like 50 minutes, so. You know that, too. You know that. Nope, nope. Nobody can prove that. All right. Well, 
here we go. So now this lands us after all that is being said. This lands us at bringing S- uh, SGC, being bringing Peter from SGC into the show because today uh, SGC put up a post about an S or the BGS 9.5 Zion we talked about earlier that sold for 594k. That thing actually previously was an SGC 9.5 min plus with a 10 auto. And I'm gonna bring Peter in, just throw him in the fire right away because I use that type of guy. Um, but Peter, welcome to the show, man. I know you can't see my face moving, but I can see you. And uh, thank you so much for being here tonight. <laughs> anytime, Aaron, anytime. Even seven minutes late is okay. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm, uh, I apologize again for being a little tardy, but I'm really happy you're here. I know the audience is happy that you're here, or at least I think that a lot of people are ready to at least hear from you. I don't know how many people want to hear from you, but I'm excited to have them hear from you is the thing. Um, because I've been, I've been a huge, huge fan of what you all have been doing. I, I think, and here's the other thing too, for people to know, and Peter knows this too. A year ago at this time when PSA shut down the stuff, um, shut down their grading and SGC, you know, I know Peter did this for specific reasons, but they, they doubled their price um, to kind of curb some demand because they wanted to be able to deal with it, not deal with the backlog. I was like, come on, dude, like this is the time to really capture all the demand. Well, ever since that point um, that I thought those things, I watched them for like eight straight months. And the decisions that Peter made for SGC, have been incredible. I just want to give huge props to Peter on what he's been able to accomplish. Well, not just him, but the SGC team, team too. Um, because the last year, I've never, or I, I haven't, and I said this in last week's Weekly Slab, I haven't seen a company innovate more and do more for the for the collector than SGC. And that's just straight from the heart right there. I'm not just saying that just to say it. Um, so Peter, welcome. And just tell us, tell everyone right now, you know, what what's up with this SGC 9.5 Zion here? Yeah, first off, I want to just clarify one thing, and some of our supporters that may be watching may know this. We did not double prices. We tripled prices. And the common misconception, guys, when you don't have kind of a direct access to what it's like kind of behind this line, a common misconception, which was very hard to see when we chose to make that decision, was, you know, oh, this is a money grab. They want to make more money. PSAs close, so if they triple their price, they'll triple their profits. Guys, we received no cards that month. That was all according to plan, because if we let the cards come in, we would have been backlogged for it could have been years um, based on the the hype and the, the, the chaotic nature of the situation. So I just want to clarify that, that we actually jacked it higher, but with the intention to actually essentially close down for a month, ramp up capacity to a point where we knew for a fact that when we were ready to open the doors, we could actually treat people with respect and give them a service that they're paying for and not kind of operate as some kind of bait and switch scheme where, you know, a backlog is giant and we end up mistreating everyone. Excuse me. So now speaking about the Zion, um, this was one, honestly, some some of SGC's Instagram posts or some some statements we make are, are really easy. Um, they're kind of no brainers to go out there and do. And, and this was not that um, this took a lot of thought and we really didn't know what the reception would be when we came out with this information. Uh, first off, just to give everyone at home a little backstory of, of this card in particular. So SGC um, obviously grades many thousands of cards on a daily basis, and it is our uh, marketing team's responsibilities to pick out some of those really awesome cards, whether they're super high grade, very valuable, very rare, have a unique story to kind of showcase on our social medias. When um, this Zion Williamson came in here, serial number number 60 of 99, um, we were thrilled to have it. Obviously, such an impressive card, especially when Zion's weight wasn't more out of control than my own. Anyway, um, when, when that card came in, 
I actually held that card. I, I saw that card. Um, I was in the grading room while it was being evaluated. And I have to be honest with everyone, the, the debate at hand with our graders was, is the card good enough for a 10? Um, it is that good. It is a beautiful high grade example, obviously of a, a traditionally very tough card out of a, a set like NT. And that blue border at the bottom doesn't do you any favors. The way Panini chooses to package those super valuable cards in that little box doesn't do you any favors there as far as grade goes. Um, so anyway, we saw the card. We were thrilled to receive it. We noticed off the bat that it was in incredible condition. Um, our marketing team had taken a, a picture, which you're seeing right now on the screen, of the card. And we were so eager to put it out. We had this great plan. We said, you know what, guys, the day that he comes back from injury, we're going to put this out. You know, everyone will, everyone will be pretty amped to see such a great card. Um, and what ended up happening is Zion never came back from injury. And upon scrolling through Instagram one day, I was at home and I see uh, Golden Auctions posted the Zion card. And my heart kind of sunk. And I said, that looks like a familiar card. And it's not the first time, guys, that a, an ultra modern, super high end card has been crossed out of an SGC holder. And it, it became very evident that that's what took place here. Um, I spent a few hours being really bummed out about it because I was thrilled to make that post and kind of, you know, tout the impressive nature of a card like that and the progress that our brand has made, um, having the, the ability to grade a card of that magnitude. And what we realized is, is, you know, probably not best to post it now while it's in golden, but after the card sold, you know, it made such headlines because it broke records, even in the midst, like you alluded to Aaron of these this, this not so great news about Zion and this, this trend that seems to be kind of plaguing this guy. Um, but clearly the card market is, is, is still very healthy with a $594,000 sale. Um, but we just really wanted to educate the public on something. And that's that if you paid $594,000, um, I really hope that even if you're not a fan of SGC, you'd pay something close to that for the card in an SGC holder. And I understand as a collector myself that there are collectors that just prefer the Beckett slab. They like the subgrades or they like the label or the holder or the whatever it may be. But the thing that I wanna make sure is that at least, at the very least, the public is educated about grading and the nature of grading. It's not my job to say what should sell for what, who should sell for more. It's my job to offer my customers as, as I guess, uh, enjoyable and, and I guess honorable a grading experience as possible while being transparent. And I felt that we had to come out and just point out the fact that for anyone doubting the validity of SGC's grading abilities on ultra modern high end cards, it's just not that hard when it comes to grading ultra modern high end as it is grading vintage high end, believe me. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of paint the picture for the audience and and for any, I guess, doubters out there that for whatever reason um, don't feel that our 20 year veteran graders have the ability to look at a National Treasures card and evaluate it on its condition. You're just wrong. Now, that doesn't mean I'm telling you what to pay what, um, but it's my job just to kind of educate everyone if they choose to to listen, I guess. But um, that's why I wanted to come on. So perfect. Nice ramble. Perfect. Um, I have a few things to go through comment wise on that post, but I want to bring up some comments as we get them in the live stream because I know that people are here to ask you questions at the same time. So kind of do some audience questions, other questions throughout the show. Um, but this is a good one. You talk to us as much as you can or as little as you can, I guess, because you just mentioned 20 year grading experience. You know, they know what they're doing. 
Will says, Peter, how do you train new graders? This is such an important topic. Obviously, this is me talking because of how how many graders PSA and SGC both need to hire to meet the demand. Uh, Will says, obviously, time intensive, but best way to me would have someone overread for first 500,000 cards for learning slash feedback. Not really sure what that meant, but uh, I guess the question, how do you train new graders? Yeah, I know exactly what he means, actually. I believe that that individual... Um, first off, thanks for tuning in on the question. I think that individual is referring to a possible process where imagine, Aaron, I would grade a stack of cards. I would give those cards to you with no grades on those cards. You would then grade them. We'd kind of compare results, see where your discrepancies lie. Um, and that's what we know we have to kind of fill in from a, a training point of view. He's actually not far off with that process, although it is a multi, multi-step process. That, that little training tool being one of the many tools in our, I guess you'd say, tool belt. Um, so when training graders, guys, the way that SGC does it, and this is a very important fact, I constantly um, compare us to the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. And the reason is because we have the we have the capabilities. We're always in the World Series. The quality is there, but we don't kind of um, we grow from within. We train our own people. And some of those people come in a little ahead of the game. For example, Aaron, if you were Nate, entered as you know if, if i had interviewed you and you wanted a job working at sgc i'd kind of be licking my chops because man you guys have a lot of knowledge a lot of experience in the hobby that i can build upon but it's not always like that so what we do is the the education on cards literally i mean it literally starts from the time you are in your interview to the time you are promoted to the head grader of sgc um here's the way it kind of works if an employee shines in their department and seems to take a liking to cards, because if they don't, this isn't going to work. The worst graders are the graders who don't want to be grading. So if the if the employees take a real liking to the to not only the company and being a part of it, but also the cards, the industry, they oftentimes will get moved somewhere that's even more card intensive, that kind of stretches them further and, and, and allows them to dive deeper in. In other words, if we see that they're building, let's say, through single A, double A, and triple A, that's when they'll get the call up. However, by no means are they just assigning grades upon entering our grading room. What, what, ha what happens is one of our head graders, and I believe the head grader with the, the least experience at SGC, I think he's been here nine or ten years. Um, so these guys really know what they're doing. And that's kind of exactly what happens. Remember, they come into the grading room with an very wide array of knowledge on cards. Most of our graders don't enter our, our facility with no card knowledge. But again, um, the way that it works, they enter there, they're working directly with the head grader. And that's actually a very similar process to what happens to kind of feel out their abilities, what they're missing, what they're overlooking. If, you know, a lot of the time you'll notice someone is great at spotting a card that's off center with, with you know, 70, 30 centering but they just destroy the card. You know, they're too tight in one aspect, but too loose on another. Um, the bottom line is, is even after a grader has been training for months and months and months, those cards still don't go unchecked out of our building, which is why you really don't see many grading disasters from SGC and our tens look like tens. And there's a reason the nine five is there because there's a lot of room sometimes between a mint card and a gem mint card. So, um, you know, the education never stops is my point. And we kind of invest in our graders very early on, far before we ever even can say if they'll end up in the grading room. Um, but it's just about teaching. You know, we have some really, really good teachers here. And uh, luckily, those people are very passionate about cards and the quality um, of the grades. They kind of help build this place. So they take a lot of pride in 
passing that torch on to the next generation of SGC graders. I love it. I love it. I'm going to bring up another audience question because I think this is a very good question here. I think it affects a lot of people more than just the Q's guy. I want to know if they will lower prices back down to $20. Speaking about SGC, I'm scared to submit right now because I think they might lower it. Um, let him know or let him or her know what, what, what the plan is. Yeah. I mean, the plan guys, basically I'm trying to build our capabilities so that I can just keep making you guys happy. I've said it before. This is not a company that's, that's just holding on for dear life because we're, you know, making a, a few dollars of profit a day. We are comfortable guys. You have, you have truly changed the lives of a lot of our employees that so much deserved it. They really worked so hard to build this thing up. And I, I guess what I'm trying to say is if I can lower price, I know it might sound like, I don't know. It might sound like baloney, but it's just not. If I can lower price, guys, I, I will. The issue is we actually set a record today for the most uh, cards submitted to SGC on a single day. Um, my point is, is if I were to lower the prices down to 20, I can promise you that would send the, the inflow just skyrocketing to a level where it's almost like, well, yeah, now you're paying, you know, less per card, but the level of service you're going to be receiving is just infinitely worse. And that just, that, that's not what we're in the business of doing. I do want to remind everyone though, that for someone who's a little more, um, you know, focused on the cost side of things, maybe they're either a flipper or everyone just wants to save money. Obviously we do have some, some, uh, authorized dealers and those guys are great. I mean, we've worked with them for a while now. They're all very trusted and, you're working with a great company in SGC where if anything ever happened, we don't we don't kind of um, have our people holding the bag. It just doesn't happen here. So I want to remind everyone that those bulk rates do um, apply. But at the same time, I will be lowering price when I can grow our capacity to a level that exceeds the amount of cards that I just received today, which uh, was a record day, which is great, but also is, is hard at the same time. That's that's awesome. Hey, congrats on that to you and the whole team. Um, four by four Rubicon. Hello, please ask me. Hey, uh, SGC is accepting walk-ins. I'm in Miami and want to grade about 100 of my PC cards and want to avoid having them shipped. Thank you. Yeah, I can tell you stories, Aaron, from when I was first hired by SGC. If someone walked in our door, I mean, we would just roll out the red carpet and and learn their name, and you know, almost like the whole team would come out and thank them for their support. Unfortunately, now. We have just grown so, 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 so big. And, and the footprint of SGC is just so much wider than we could have ever dreamed. And I think it, in lieu of that, we have COVID. There's a lot of issues that just make um, walk it, the walk-in service unavailable right now. The thing to remember about SGC, guys, is that when you send your cards to us, we open them that day, maybe the next day, if it was a really, really busy day. But there's just no funny business. There's no long delays. You know, I, I know it's... I know it almost seems counterintuitive because you may be literally right down the street and you can't just come by, but there is a reason for that. And it's basically to keep our employees doing what they're paid to do, which is, which is essentially to, to process the cards rather than to um, be taken away from that. And it, it is kind of an all hands on deck operation. And I'd be lying if I said we have a whole lot of space in our office to you know sit customers down and kind of wine and dine them because we have just exploded. And as you can imagine, um, the operation takes up, I would say, pretty close to 99% of our office space. Nate, it sounded like you had something to say. Um, well, actually, it's just a, a tidbit for you. Can you adjust this so that we are all, do you need this post up still? Or can we get Peter? I do. I do. I, I do need it up. We're about to go on to something else here. I just want to bring up some more audience comments. 
Okay. It's there for a I, I just want to say too, Aaron, I want to, I want to always say this. Sometimes I'll do speaking engagements and people assume I'm in some kind of crazy rush to get out of here. I just want to say, I will sit here all night answering every question for everyone. So if this live stream ends guys, it's because of Nate and Aaron. It is not me. <laughs> these guys along. I love doing this. It's a huge, this is my favorite part of the job. And I mean that it's just so surreal that I'm the guy who, you know, is being asked these questions. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Cause we have a lot here. I mean, there's also still stuff left on the presentation. So we're going to keep going. Awesome. I got more questions to ask you in general. Um, I just want to bring this up. Not a question, but I want to point out that Larry said that he's used uh, SGC for 20 years for his vintage cards, and the grades have always been more consistent than PSA. Just got back some modern hockey with no complaints, basically what I expected. And I would say, for me, getting multiple submissions back now, I've graded nearly 100 cards probably with SGC, um, maybe a little bit more than that. I would have to agree. Um, I've had cards come back from PSA that were eights that I thought were tens and other people thought were tens too, not just myself. I've graded been grading cards since I was like 2012. I was probably like 12 years old at that point or something, but, um, I haven't graded in like five, 10,000, like some people have, but I've graded enough to know. Um, and then here's one, Peter, maybe you can address this one way or another. SGC subgrades are needed. I know a lot of the market likes subgrades on Beckett. Uh, tell us why there's no subgrades or that you won't do subgrades. Just give us some, give us some knowledge. Definitely. So I can, I'm, I'm really happy this question was asked because it's such a common one. And when I see it, I just want to like jump through the screen and have a conversation with the person that posed it. So I'm happy that I get to kind of address this. So the thing with subgrades guys is that our label, okay, is, is a certain size. And if you increase the size of our label 10 X, it would not have enough real estate for the amount of subgrades that go into deciding the proper grade of a trading card. So for example, what I'm trying to say by that is I can do it. I can have the same corner, surface, edges, centering. And I wanna say this too, guys, I don't know much about Beckett's grading. You all probably know more than me. That's not my job. I'm just talking about my company. And, and I almost apologize in advance as this comes out as anything but me just talking about us. But I will say regarding subgrades uh, against kind of the SGC scale, guys, there are no four kind of divisions I can group these cards in and just average them out and come up with, with the proper grade. For example, I can do subgrades for you guys, but it's going to mean that some of your nines should really be tens and some of your tens really shouldn't be tens because in our opinion, in our experts' opinion, it's not the way that card grading works. For example, um, originality on a vintage card that's commonly altered, that matters, okay? Registration matters. We see Panini prisms. We all, we all probably pulled them in the pack where the rookie logo is here, but the stamp is like here and the player's name is here, but it's printed here. Registration is not a subgrade on the scale, you know? Originality is not a subgrade on the scale. Eye appeal is not a subgrade on the scale. You know, how do you factor a dent on the back, but then poor registration? Is that like a double negative to the subgrade? Or is that like, I don't know. And I, again, different companies, different strokes, different folks. But I'm just telling you guys what would go through the, the, the heads of my graders if I said to them, why don't we just break it up into four categories and just like give each one a score and then we'll average that score and that'll equal the grade. And I know why everyone's asking. You're asking because you love to know why the card received the grade it did. Well, 
We're working on that. Okay. You, you're right. You are entitled to more information. And that that's kind of a multi-pronged approach where we're going to be coming out with graders and teaching you guys how to get better grades from SGC, what we look for. We're also going to be doing a lot of other fun things that I can't really get into right now. But my point is, guys, is it is a totally un understandable um, desire and ask, whatever you want to call it. You know, I love teaching people about cards and I have some Beckett holders, PSA holders, SGC holders. And I was I was actually showing a, a, a friend of mine who's not really into cards. They said, oh, I like that. I love how they break it down. And it makes sense why you would. But if the grade is not accurate, then I'd rather not break it down for you. I'd rather just make sure my experts are experts with a lot of grading experience. And the bottom line is, is, um, you know, you mentioned it, Aaron, PSA is grading a lot of cards these days. And they, they are certainly king of the hill as it stands right now. And I think there's a reason they don't do it either because we just, you know, I, I would say our scale is a little closer to PSAs um, to put it, you know, as, as clear as possible, but that's why we don't do subgrades because there's like 35 of these categories that all factor into the the expert's opinion the key is that your experts all share a very very similar opinion consistency all right um, here we go oh go hey, ahead. aaron i have a, aaron i have a question do you think that if you got rid of the nine five eight five scale that people would care about subgrades if it was similar to psa because psa obviously doesn't do subgrades you, you mm -hmm. brought it up um and yet we've got questions about you guys doing subgrades because BGS does subgrades, but nobody ever in their life complains about PSA not doing subgrades. Yeah. Um, do you think it's kind of a, a bet you've made now you have to lie in it and deal with it because of the nine, five subgrade stuff, or do you, I think mean, I'll tell you what, man, if, if that's a bet I have to lay with, I'll, I'll lay all day. Like I'd rather <laughs> run a company that some people don't, don't love the way it's displayed on the label, but we do it what I deem to be the right way. In other words, like, Sure, I could I could sell it out, you know. I I can we can do subgrades, but if we don't believe in it, and we're kind of looked at as one of the three authorities in the industry, we probably shouldn't do it, you know. And that's why I'm even saying, like, guys, this is not a knock to Beckett. That company started with subgrades; they were built around subgrades, their scale, and that's totally cool. I have Beckett cards, but I'm just saying, as far as SGC goes, and the I guess the more traditional approach to card grading that we believe offers the most accurate results. Um, subgrades are very difficult because again, what does like Nate, what does, what does 5.5 edges look like? I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't know what I mean? And, and that's, if, if, if I can't answer that question, I'm a clown who's selling a company he doesn't believe in, you know? So that's why I know what a 5.5 looks like, but I, I couldn't tell you what three, you know, corners, I, I guess I could kind of, but you get my, my overall gist here is that it, it, there's a lot of gaps that certain cards could fall into um, that we believe we account for, especially with those 0.5s. You know, why do we give the 8.5 grade? Because a lot of cards are between an eight and a nine and we know what that kind of looks like. That's a real mm -hmm. grade, you know? Cool. Good, Thank you. Good question, Nate. We're on a three different comments here, all about the same thing, sort of. Uh, JR Sports Cards says he's heard from some high SGC submitters that SGC has been thinking of changing the label design. Is this true or ongoing? And then we have a second comment here that is from Criminal. It says, just change the label, make it look more high-end. And then we have a third comment that comes from uh, Elijah Israel that says, clear slab option 
like if it's clear, like the the PSA. He said it's fine to keep the black slabs, but an option would be nice. And higher end late looking labels would be big for me. Any plans? So with those three comments all around the same thing, why don't you uh, let us know what's up? Yeah, just on a personal level, I just want to say that I appreciate the fact like, guys, it's so easy to go to blowout or or to just comment on one of SGC's pictures and just make a comment about about something you don't like, whether it's the label or SGC sucks. And I just want to thank everyone who just is in this live. At the very least, they have their little YouTube tag up, like <laughs> taking ownership over what they would like to see. And they're they're presenting it in a respectful way. And I just want to say that's healthy and, and, and good. And I'm not offended at all by that. Now I'll get into labels. Okay. Labels are a bit difficult, guys. There are certain objective things about this industry. For example, the other week SGC came out, we didn't lower price across the board, but we did have a few price reductions and we did have a few enhan enhancements for all submitters. Objectively speaking, in my opinion, that should be a good thing because we offered just a little more and we lowered our price just a little less. When it comes to labels, holder design, it is subjective. It is harder to please everyone. I can promise you guys that the best we can possibly make it may have an 80-20 like to dislike ratio with our customer base, which makes making any changes very difficult. In addition, continuity is important. And we'd like to make sure that every collector who owns any slab of SGC just feels good about their card. You know, they put their support in us, they choose to collect our brand. And it's important that they kind of feel like our brand has their best interest in mind. Having said that, yes, um, we are thinking of everything. And I don't know if that cough went well, but that was a yes through my cough. <laughs> we are thinking of that. We are thinking of, I, I mean it guys, everything. When I say in these videos, like, we don't sit still, we're not complacent, I really mean that. I grew up in this industry. I've, like, so beyond exceeded the expectations I had for my time at SGC when I started here, and I just couldn't be hungrier. I don't pretend to be the best at it, but I do – I'm telling you, Aaron, Nate, if you guys were given a, graded, a grading company, you'd act the same way as me. You love this hobby. You want to you win. You want to be – great at it you want to make the people happy and when anyone says that they don't like the label already my wheels start turning and that's actively what's going on i don't know if a label change is coming but i've heard it before and and i get it and um rest assured we're we're looking at it we're looking at everything awesome um this is less of a looks like less of a sgc grading question more of a peter personal collector thing which i think is a really good question because my favorite questions because it's the same with us you know like we are card collectors it's impossible to have passion and to work on this stuff all day every day if you're not um from the cancel kid peter i know you're a collector yourself do you still buy psa or bgs slabs maybe it's a card you really want that isn't available in the sgc slab or do you rather buy raw and grade yourself so as you guys can imagine, I'm a big SGC fan. <laughs> and I think I think a big thing for me is I probably hold a little, you know, I saw your poll earlier, Aaron, on kind of the what do you think it's worth? And then what what which one do you think is is the better condition card? I'm definitely in that camp. I'm a little bit of a card condition freak to an extent, which is probably expected. So I do try to buy SGC because I tend to have a lot of faith in our in our cards and in, in the grades. Um I do try to buy SGC, but absolutely, guys, some of my favorite cards, you know, unfortunately, too, there's such a people just want you to fail and throw tomatoes at you and things like that. So I can't I would love to be able to cross 
some of my cards and follow the same rules as everyone else, but it just causes more problems than, than, than good kind of. So I, I, when I buy those cards, I tend to just leave them. Um, so I have Beckett cards. I have PSA cards. Um, definitely. Yeah. The, the, the answer is, is definitely certainly the most SGC, but if there's a card that either I can't find in an SGC holder or one just comes up looking great in a PSA holder, um, I'll buy that all day. Uh, I like that point. I like that Refractor Jones said, you can't be a collector and not buy all slabs, even if you have a preference on your grading company. It's totally true. Like, obviously, I've been producing a lot of content at SGC recently. I've been talking about the submissions we've been doing based on the turnaround times, the cost, how well the SGC grading team is getting the, our submissions back fast and everything. But me too. I mean, I have PSA graded cards. I have BGS graded cards. Two of my four most expensive cards in my collection are graded by BGS. Um, do I kind of want to get one of them in an SGC 1010 holder? I love how the 1010s look. Yeah, probably. Um, will I try? I don't know yet, but um, that's just how it goes. If you're a collector, you know, you got to get the cards you want. Thomas here has got to go. When I saw him ask this earlier, so apologies for uh, not getting this up quicker, Thomas. But what else is new that's coming to SGC? Any chance of a membership with quarterly discounts on certain cards, years, etc.? I know PSA used to do that a lot um, back in the day when card grading wasn't insane like it is now. Yeah. I mean, honestly, guys, there's a lot of ways I could grab your money and it's cloaked as if I'm helping you, like calling you a member of something. Um, or I could just treat everyone like they're a member of the, the tribe of SGC because you used to submit with us. Um, like I, I could have made a membership that only allowed those people to access the five and 10 day and give them this much off per card, but they're paying this much up front. So I'm doing better. Um, my point is, is I, I personally don't see a need to have an exclusive club that people have to pay into. Um, to offer those people certain things that I'm only offering if my profits are there. In other words, I'm not going to offer you something that I'm losing money on. So you're kind of being taken for a ride, most likely somewhere along the way. Um, I'd rather just treat every customer as if they're our one and only customer. Um, and I think anyone who's ever had an issue with an SGC card, which do come up, you probably noticed that whether it was Brent emailing you about those cards or, or Brian speaking to you on the phone, we really treat all collectors like we are thankful to to um, you know be receiving their support. And with that, I, I would be lying if I said that I was looking into a membership program. To me, it just doesn't it doesn't suck to be able to pay you know as low as twenty three dollars a card and get your cards back in you know two two and a half weeks right now. Whatever it, it's it's you know we're doing our best. <laughs> um. Here's a good one from Nicholas Hayes. Will SGC have an app like PSA a scan for pop reports? I it's almost like see see my answer on labels. Yeah, we're we're looking at everything, guys. And if there's if there's a an app to be had, we're working on it. So the answer to that is, you know, I don't like to commit to these things because then people circle back a few weeks from now and they say, Well, where is it? But I also love being transparent. So I'm kind of at this crossroads. But the fact is, guys, is we are looking to innovate on on all cylinders which may be the label. It, it certainly tech never hurts. You know, I was, I was really proud. I, the way I described it to my team, you know, we had a team meeting where I gave them the heads up over what we've been developing and what we were going live with during the last updates. And I said, you know, guys, one thing I'm really proud about is that when it comes to grading accuracy and consistency, I am very confident we're up there with the best of them. When it comes to turnaround time, we're frankly untouched. Um, our customer service couldn't be better or like, let me know so I can fix something. Uh, my point is, is that 
we've been winning so big in these categories, but there's always been one that SGC just doesn't do well in. And that's kind of the universe around the cards themselves. You know, we were always great at, at grading correctly and giving you that slab back. But the fact that we were able to just make a few tweaks, nothing, nothing, you know, changing the world, but to the process where you can see your images a little faster, you can enjoy them while you're, while you're actually receiving your, your grades themselves. Um, and then obviously the cert lookup feature uh, with the images is a huge security feature. So my point is, is SGC's traditionally won in certain areas and lost big in others. And it meant a lot to me that we just made this, this much progress in an area that I think a lot of collectors have felt that we've been lacking. Awesome. Um, Caesar, what's the process of giving a card a gold label status, the pristine SGC 10? Yeah, so we don't take our gold label lightly. Um, the way that it basically works is if the card, imagine you're, you're grading the card yourself and granted you've been trained on all of SGCs, I guess you'd say, um, Principal. parameters, you know, parameters and the, the scale and things like that. And you're just looking at it and there's, there's nothing to look at. I mean, the thing just looks like it was, it was made to be perfect. Um, that usually calls for a gold label honestly. And, and remember, there's so many intricate factors that go into a card's grade. You know, people don't realize on an issue like uh, 2019 Prism, centering is quite easy because you have kind of those, those um, almost like a, a border to the left and right. But when you get to 2018 Tops Update, for example, you just have the logo and the little, little banner at the bottom. Centering's a, a bit more ambiguous there. Um, we really only give the gold label unless we are absolutely sure that the card deserves it. And that it's not easy. People, people don't realize that I would say 99.5% of cards out of the pack don't, don't call for that gold label and just handling it and putting it in a card saver or a penny sleeve. You know, if anything happens at all, it, you've now killed your qualifications for the gold label. So it's a really hard grade to get. And I think for good reason. And the reason we do have it though, is, you know, we gold labeled a Michael Jordan rookie. And talking about those, those, that lack of subgrades that we'd need to make the best decision every time, uh, that card came from a collection that was about as new to the hobby as it gets, super, super fresh. The cards were amazing. They were all off-center, this 86 Fleer set. They all looked somewhere in the, the range of eight and nine, but they were amazingly sharp. It was just centering as the issue. And we're going through the cards and we get to the Jordan rookie, and it was literally the only one out of the group that was just dead on and it was so fresh and it was so obviously unaltered in every single way that that kind of helped catapult that card to the top. Our graders basically said, this is the best Jordan rookie I've ever seen in 20 years. And that was all we needed to, to feel like we were making the best decision. I love it. Uh, Rick, any chance SGC will offer new slide this clear pose to tuxedo style? I think you answered it earlier, but just really quick, you can give an update on that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I gotta be honest, guys. I don't think we, we want to move away from, from the look itself. We more want to bring you an even better one, if that makes sense. And a lot of the time I prefer, especially for all those SGC, uh, collectors out there that love the look of the slab. I, I think that instead what I would do is just try, hopefully, to tinker in, in ways that would make you like it more. But let me just say, guys, I, I am a collector myself and I know how harshly I evaluate my cards, let alone like the entire product altogether. So I hear you guys. Um, the one thing I'd say is there is definitely a little bit of 
kind of a correlation between people holding the slab, owning the slab, and it warming up to them. You know, so what I would say is if you've never held an SGC slab and you feel like you don't like it, my advice is buy the cheapest one you could find on eBay for, you know, the few bucks and, and hold it and see what you think. Um, but if you've done that and you don't like it, again, I, I wish that wasn't the case. I'd love to have the best slab in the world that everyone loved. But just know we are actively looking at everything across the board to make it better, not worse. I've I've really had uh, the SGC slab grow on me, particularly in like the white based cards or colorful based cards where there's like thick contrast between the card itself and the SGC slab, the black tuxedo slab. Um, I'm a huge fan of of it and and obviously like certain cards you know you get the some black base cards and it just sometimes it bleeds together but a lot of them look really really good so it just grows on you the more that you start to enjoy the experience i think the better and the more you have them in hand too i think a lot of people probably have never actually even had one like in hand if you think about it um or have had experience with grading with sgc yeah definitely i mean i i would also just say that I hope that the majority of, of collectors out there do feel like, guys, we're doing this for the cards. We're, we're not collecting grading companies, you know, and, and grading companies are really just vehicles to enhance your collecting experience, to offer even a bit more collectability. You know, anyone can, can, can own a, a Montana rookie, you know, they're not that rare, but it's kind of cool to be able to say, I own a mint condition Montana rookie. And I know it's mint condition because this company has been grading cards for 20 years and they say it's mint condition. That to me is very cool. But I do want to say another reason we posted what we did about that Zion was just to tell people like, guys, if, if you were paying, you know, 300,000 extra dollars because it's in their holder rather than ours, even though we, we were still catching up on the super, super high-end, ultra, ultra modern market, guys, it can't be worth 300000 Like that, that will close that gap. It's going to close in time anyway. But we do try to put out a bit of information to accelerate that process um, because we, we kind of owe it to the collectors that have put their faith in us. Uh, speaking of the collectors that put your, their faith in you, this I'm going to combine this with one of my own questions that I had for you. Um, the Canthal Kids said that, Peter, do you think SGC would be where you are currently at without the vintage baseball collectors? I personally started taking you guys serious through buying vintage baseball. Now, I also had the question um, from a perception of vintage only for many years, many, many, many years that the card industry looked at SGC as vintage only. You know, why would a modern card ever be an SGC slab? But now it's way different um, to now when SGC is in discussions as the potential number two grading card company out there behind PSA. And obviously everyone has their own opinions on that. Um, how did something like that happen in less than two years? And and is it what the Cantwell kid said that, you know, would you be there here today without having that first, you know, the vintage baseball market really embracing you? Definitely not. That's the first thing. Like guys, I, I, when I kind of took over at SGC, I inherited a company with an absolutely stellar reputation but not with the hobby, with a, a certain segment of the hobby. And it was important that we, we kind of grew that reputation off of that. And, um, you know, the reason it kind of started that way, to be honest, guys, is, is the foundation of card collecting was baseball cards, you know, and, and vintage used to kind of, you know, vintage is, is valued more now than ever, but it used to be kind of the one and only, you know. And uh, for that reason, a lot of the individuals that kind of helped build really build this hobby into what it is today 
started out as graders at SGC, believe it or not, you know, 20 something years ago. Um, what I'm trying to what, what I'm trying to kind of get to is that the grading quality has been there the whole time. Our guys and girls didn't just learn how to grade modern cards. That that didn't happen. What, what, what we did instead is we, we actually provided some outreach because to be honest, guys, the way that the vintage baseball collectors um, communicated with SGC was like we go to a show and shake their hands and they knew our names and they they knew our experts and trusted them with every card they owned. But we weren't on Instagram and we weren't, you know, making this call out to to the modern people saying, hey, you do know that the person running this company is 27 years old and is a modern addict. Right. And you do know that our graders who are grading Wagner cards can also grade exquisite LeBron cards. You know, so I think that the key component there, which is the expertise itself, has been there the whole time. What what me and my team have helped kind of fill in is did anyone notice that auto grades are free with SGC, but not anyone else? That, for example, is what we've done. And that's how we've grown. We've just been better. If we damage your card and you write down, you know, $800 as a declared value on your invoice, but we could see it's really worth like $1,300 in today's market, we're going to pay you about $1,400 as an apology for damaging your card. I don't think there are many other companies that do that. And it's like if, if you be better, eventually I'm, I'm very like proud of our supporters because they it's not an easy thing to stray away um, kind of just from that that loyalty, that that, uh, you know, brand connection. And it means a lot to me that people have started to take notice. And I'd be lying if I said, guys, that when I read Instagram comments that are super positive or SGC to the moon or whatever it is, that gets me amped up and it gets my team amped up. So, um, you know, overall, we've just done the little things right. We've treated people with respect. We've scaled the right way. We've scaled in general. I mean, like, come on, scale the scale the thing, spend spend the dollars for the hobby that supports you. And, um, you know, the, the expertise is there. We're, we're honest, too. I have to just say also, you know, a lot of the time when I do when I speak anywhere, it's like, you know, a million. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time. We know how busy you are. It's like. Sure, but so are you guys. <laughs> like, my point is, is this is not hard. We should be looking at these other companies and saying, why aren't you doing this? Because I have to be honest, guys, these are softball questions. Like, <laughs> when you're proud of the organization that you represent, this is not hard. You just tell the truth. You just answer the questions honestly and communicate with your supporters. Like, I don't need to think. I don't need to lie because I'm very proud of what I built. Or why did I build it that way? And and let's it's important that we hold everyone to that standard rather than almost making it like SGC is this alien from outer space because they talk to us. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think that communication is so important. You know, that's what we try to do is the most is like, you know, we're here every single Monday on a live stream. I know that Peter is like, Hey, whenever you're ready, just have man. Yeah. And like, here we are now um, from Florida. Where can I find job openings is SGC hiring. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. I'll tell you one thing. If you're, if you're planning to, to, Come into our company and be a grader. It's the wrong place to work, believe me. But if you if you're willing to kind of, you know, almost buy in to us and 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 learn the craft, you you won't be happy. So what I would, or excuse me, you won't be unhappy. <laughs> um, so what I would say is we are actively hiring. Um, we have a really nice kind of training model in place, indeed. And um, if you take your time and you you fill in the questions and the application. Um, you know, we're hiring aggressively. So appreciate that question. That's awesome. And, you know, 
part of some of my questions here were, was about getting to the point where you can take in your record amount of cards in a day and still meet these insane turnaround times that are unmatched in the hobby. Is it the hiring? Is it the training properly? Like you had to have hired an incredible amount of employees. Yeah. I mean, I have to say guys, like I, I, I really try not to, I just try to kind of stay in my lane and, and not, not like talk down to the hobby. I'm just, I am literally a collector that got so lucky to be able to bring his passion and his love for the craft to work every day. But, you know, I, I have to call a spade a spade. And I will say we are very good at that. We are really, really good. We have tapped into something um, that from what I hear from the other companies is, is not exactly the case. It's, it's not an easy thing. Um, but when you're this passionate about what you do and you can effectively communicate that to others and hold them accountable um, to respect the craft as much as you do, or they just don't deserve to be on your team, um, it goes a long way. So clearly we built a model. I mean, just a few years ago, guys, as I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say it, we were sending out like 250 cards a day. And we're now sending out over 5,000 cards many, many times a week, call it. So um, we've done a nice, we've done a nice job there and, and hard work, hard work and the team around me. If you think that I'm the only guy this passionate about SGC, you've never been in our building. And I, 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 I'm really looking forward to kind of spreading the spotlight around because by no means should I be the single kind of representant of this amazing team. There's just too much talent in here to go around. We floated the idea of doing a podcast and just a really kind of totally pull, pulling back the curtain. But I think for now, I'm just going to kind of uh, hang on to your guys' coattails and let you uh, keep me backstage until you're ready for me. <laughs> got you. Got you. Um, Bishop says, uh, Peter, I should be set at the culture collision in Atlanta. If so, we'll be accepting cards at the show. And just in general, is there any show plans for 2022 or is it? logistically hard to do so i have a board right here and that board is it's a big board and it is filled with these different kind of objectives and 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 things that we're working on and one of those is having more of a more of an outward reach you know it's really great to be able to sit down at your computer when you're interested and and hear maybe some of this info or learn more a little about kind of sgc and who's running the show there and and how they operate but it's even cooler to be able to really connect one-on-one. -on -one. And that's something I enjoyed so much at the National, as did our team. So I do want you guys to know we are very aggressively building towards not only being at some shows, but really, guys, being kind of a mainstay all across the country. It's not easy. I want to remind everyone that we care so much about the level of service that if you pull certain resources off of the, the line, basically, from the company, you know, you, you can't just make it appear, you know, it, it, it's almost you sacrifice one for the other, but if you work hard enough and you kind of, you know, move some things around, we'll be able to do it. And I want to assure everyone that it may not be next week that we're coming to all these shows, but we're coming. And I can promise you, we are as nice as we see. Like we, yeah, SGC is cool. Um, I like this one from Alex White. What goes into grading a Honus Wagner? Does the whole place shut down to look at it? And I'm assuming you've been there for years and years now. I'm assuming you've seen at least one come through the building. Oh, I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of Wagners come through the building, which is really, really cool. A lot of people, they almost um, – yeah, I could kind of walk you through the process. Imagine the card is definitely – 
there's kind of a babysitter <laughs> of the card throughout the entire way. It's our job. You know, one advantage that SGC has with our kind of small company culture, even though we've grown very large, is that we know all of our people. With that, not all encapsulators are created equal, meaning some of them have two years experience. Some of them have three months experience. You know, that kind of differentiation between people's knowledge and expertise really helps us make the best decisions on behalf of our customers' products. So for example, on that Wagner, you can imagine the entire grading team sees it. Once the entire grading team sees it, you can imagine it goes only to the best I guess you'd say the, the leader, the, the supervisor of every department. It's essentially our A-team. Um, and it's, it's really like grading any other card. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot more that goes into it. You know, it, there's really not even a lot more that goes into it. It's just so impactful. You know, you just really need to make sure on that one that you get it perfect the entire time. But at the end of the day, guys, it's not like trading cards are a certain way or some T206s are this way, but the Wagner so, so, so different. Remember, up until the time when collectors, you know, really appreciated the scarcity of the card, out of the factory, it was just another card. You know, it's not made on a different paper stock or anything like that. So um, it's almost like if you're built for some cards, usually you're built for all. It just really comes down to the expertise in the grading room. And that's what's important. You can't build a grading company overnight because it, it's all on expertise. So it's like some of these new companies, you make a scale. It's like, where is that scale even coming from? Like, who, who, who are you telling me what this card is? You know, but um, yeah, there's Wagner's, you know, LeBron rookies, whatever it is. They're, they're highly impactful. You don't want to damage one, obviously. But um, it's the same graders, the same, you know, experts really looking at that and, you know, the lower value cards as well. Uh, Marcus says that SGC should do a podcast lead the way. That'd be great for the hobby. So maybe some things to think about there. Um, Sportsman Jack is SGC considering new design. Peter mentioned a couple times earlier that, you know, nothing's off the table with labels and everything. They're doing everything they can just to read the consumers and see what's up. Um, and then this one's from Jason. And uh, Peter, you can answer this however you need to. But uh, he says it's amazing the gap that SGC has closed over the last year. Do you think the changes you have made will close the gap in ultra-modern market values of PSA? Dollar and turnaround time is awesome. Thank you. It's tough because I, thanks for the question. It's, it's honestly, guys, it's the kind of thing like I, I don't – I think when I start telling you what to pay for what, uh, it's like a slippery slope. And like who the hell am I? I'm just the guy that tells you guys – Guys, our graders are real graders. And, and the guy that runs this big grading machine loves cards as much as anyone. You know, that's what's really important. But beyond that, it's like, be free, you know, <laughs> spend what you want to spend on what. I mean, that is why we came out and said, just so everyone knows, the Zion was also an hour 9.5. Because the public should know something like that before they're throwing, you know, suitcases full of cash at a single card based on something that's really almost more about the, the grading company sometimes than, than the asset itself. Um, I think in general, I, I, I really think in general that, um, you know, I, I lost my train of thought. Where we're, we're talking about the market values, but I let you answer the question. Market right, values. right, right. So, so, <laughs> so as, as, as far as as far as that goes, Aaron, I, I think that what's important when people look at a PSA card and an SGC card is they understand who SGC is, because what it does is it gives you a lot of confidence And a PSA saying it's a 10 and you're confident in them. 
You could also be confident in SGC. Then it's up to you. What holder do you like better? What are the, the pros and cons of grading with, with uh, you know, either of the companies? So again, I'm just here to educate people on what SGC is about and to let them know that a PSA 10 oftentimes looks equal to an SGC 10. Sometimes I guess you could say it looks a little better. Sometimes it looks a little worse, you know, but the key word is little, 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 not big, big, big. So let's, it, it doesn't make that much sense to be spending this big amount of money on something that, that doesn't warrant it, but only, only the, the collectors can make that decision. And it's certainly not my job to tell them what's what. Um, but I appreciate the comment, by the way, we, you know, the gap closing really to me is just a, it's like a <laughs> great job from the hobby. So I, I enjoy seeing it. This is a great question from criminal mind. Um, what do you say to people who say that SGC is only gaining traction because people can't afford PSA and BGS prices right now? And what happens to SGC once PSA gets caught up? So there's a lot of things. The thing to remember, Aaron, is, you know, you mentioned before or, or one of your uh, viewers said, you know, why, why can't you lower price to $20? And what I say is because there's only certain, so many cards my, my team can grade effectively a day. And I have to make sure that we're not receiving four times that or I'm going to be treating all of you very, very badly when you choose to, to grade with us. Inversely, if anything ever happened to lower the SGC demand, that's when we can just floor the gas pedal. And we could do things that we may not have the ability to do now because it would send our demand shooting so far up, it would just be detrimental. So my point is, is hey, maybe, maybe the demand for SGC goes down when these other companies kind of get their stuff together. Sure. Sounds like lower prices to me, you know, that kind of thing. But at the same time, I'm going to build and build and build to protect the collectors that have graded with SGC over the past year. These grades are accurate. These cards are protected. And it's my job to, to kind of ensure that, that for our organization, which is all I can really worry about, is that we're doing what we should, which is be strong as a brand for, for kind of the good of the, the supporters of SGC. But also, if that means adjusting, by all means. Um, I would just also argue, though, believe me, we've been doubted for a long time. We've been the underdog. And we just, we tend to deliver. And we've been hearing for a long time since last March, I believe it was. PSA's closed. It's the only reason you're getting cards. Well, now PSA was at $100. And now they're opening lottery things at $50. And I just told you, we just got a record day and it's probably due to the update we did last week where we you know brought down our prices and enhanced the process so it's almost like there are a lot more tricks up our sleeves guys by no means are we just going to sit here and and you know wait back i guess you'd say i, I don't want to come off as too aggressive but it's important that our that our our collectors know that sgc has been here for a long time and we plan to be here for an even longer time I love the confidence. Um, Peter, I saw a question earlier. I can't find it to pull it up, but someone asked about um, the thick slabs and a card that he has potentially rattling around it. Um, what can you talk about just with the thick slabs themselves and the protection that goes into it? Um, I know that stuff happens with PSA slabs, with BGF slabs, BGS slabs. It's impossible to be 100% accurate, I know, but what, what goes into the thick slabs to make sure those cards are protected? It is. It, it, it's <laughs> it, it definitely goes on with everyone, and it is very difficult. I've actually received cards in the mail from other one of the other grading companies where I had an issue with the card. But from my perspective, you know, being at the grading company, I was almost like, 
I, I hear you, bro, like that kind of thing. You know, it is so difficult to come up with the perfect shape and size based on thickness, but also surface. Um, for example, like immaculate cards, you know, that foil, you you blow on it and it just rubs off. There, there's so many different factors that go into protecting these cards that all you can do as a company that's paid to do so is just do everything in your power to protect every single one as much as you can. But there are times, you know, we have many holders. We have hundreds and hundreds of these, these frames, the insert sizes. But even still, you know, there are so many tens of thousands of different kinds of cards or even more than that, that you tend to, it's almost like this cat and mouse game of trying to keep up with the sets and the die cuts and the thicknesses, you know, tops, tops, uh, uh, what is it? Um, not definitive, uh, diamond icons, you know, that Nate, you're a baseball guy, the diamond icons, there's cleat cards that are this big. It's like, what are you going to do with that, man? <laughs> you know? So, um, it's a tough game and, and it really stinks when someone uses SGC and they're not just like totally, amped about it all and i apologize if if the card wasn't encapsulated exactly how you you wish it was but it, it is really hard for all companies and all you could really ask is that they innovate and do their best and i can tell you that thick holder that you had was actually manufactured by sgc for the first time in in march of last year of 2021 so prior to 2021 march that holder didn't exist so hopefully you at least feel like well they're they're working on it you know, because that that's a very new holder uh, that you probably are holding. And just know we, we really try to be as good as we can. And we, we make a lot of investments into uh, holder innovation, that kind of thing. We're getting some really good questions in here tonight. Um, Justin is wondering, he says, I love everything about SGC, but there's international shipping fees too high compared to PSA and BGS. Um, anything you can maybe explain about that or, or, or stuff to look out for and ways to maybe, you know, group subbers and stuff. Yeah. So there are a few things, guys, that that we're at the mercy of. OK, that's just completely out of our control. And it stinks because it's the only thing I I'm not the decision maker. I can't I can't just, you know, wave my wand to make happen. And one of those that comes to mind is PayPal. We offer PayPal. We started doing that because we thought that PayPal was just something all collectors use between eBay and things like that. So we thought we were doing them a solid with PayPal, and we definitely are, but we've realized that a lot of these transactions are getting canceled by PayPal for no reason at all. We are going you know, to the end of the world to solve this issue with PayPal and their PayPal, and they don't treat us like we matter. So it's, it's, it's difficult with PayPal. Another one is international shipping fees. We are constantly on the phone with customs of these countries and things like that to make sure that, that they understand that these cards were not bought from SGC. Rather, they were owned by, by the international um, individuals who sent them in for grading. So what tends to happen is customs is an issue across the board. It's country by country. I think we had sent a card. Um, Israel, obviously, with the defenses that they need, is a nightmare to ship to, unfortunately. There are a few of these countries that just really make it hard for us. But I can tell you, you can ask um, our office manager every day is on the phone about international shipping rates. I could just promise you guys we're not making you know, it's not like you're paying this and we're making a large profit off of your shipping fees. Um, if, if we are the highest, then we will continue to work on that. Cause I don't like hearing that. Obviously. I want to pull this up from bobbles and ball cards. Uh, mentioned that they do group subs and folks from UK, Canada, Japan, etc. that send in uh, many of them have been using ship my cards for return shipping. I don't know if you have an account with them or not. Yeah. Ship my cards handles a lot of international shipping for 
um, people overseas that want to get cards graded or buy cards and they stack them up and send one big one big package back home for a cheaper shipping cost. Definitely looking to ship my cards. Um, whoever made that comment, I think it was uh, it was Justin. Justin. Um, let's see here. Uh, Tom, does SGC grade the 1986 Monty Gum Wrestling All Star cards? They're a bit smaller. And I know PSA does. But I would prefer to see him in a tuxedo, to be honest. Well, I, I appreciate the support, Tom. I, I have to be clear. I'm, you know, I don't want to come off as a know-it-all. I'm not familiar with that set. Um, I would think if it is a licensed set, I mean, it looks like you included Monty Gum there, so there is a manufacturer in a year. Um, I'm not sure, but I'll tell you what. If you were to email support at gosgc.com, um, we're standing by to answer the question. And if you do it right now, you'll probably wake up to an answer early tomorrow morning, um, letting you know if we do grade that issue or not. Unfortunately, I don't have that knowledge um, off the top of my head, which I apologize for. Um, so we have some comments here that are not questions, but SGC grading may be undervalued, but not for long. Good to hear from a leader, says Jed. And then uh, David, thanks for coming on and being transparent, Peter. And then there's one more in here that Jason says, thank you so much for answering and for the transparency I've seen from your company. So just some uh, nice words about SGC. And then there's something here from uh, Dylan who might be new to, new to grading. Uh, who is SCG? It's actually, it's SGC. Um, now you have it right now that I said that, but have tons of cards game. He's just getting back into it. Uh, do you charge extra for old cards, old rookie like PSA does? Well, that's a, ge that's a general rookie you know is this a ruth rookie or is this an ernie banks rookie in a two five <laughs> you know those are two different things um the bottom line is 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 sgc does have a kind of a fee structure that is based on value we really try to keep it a little loosey-goosey you know we're not looking to to make enemies out of our supporters but um you know the the beautiful thing about vintage modern you know we do it all and hopefully you like the look of our holders and you kind of go with us but um yeah appreciate the question but again i don't know what the rookie is if it was even a specific card i might be able to just answer that on the fly right now um but our fees i believe they go up to uh 1500 but that would really be more like raw value we 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 don't upcharge a ton of people maybe yeah that, but we just don't it's just we don't need it. <laughs> and really quick, uh, this is like if you go to gosgc.com, if you do want to check it out right now or after the stream to maybe look into grading with SGC, if you like what Peter has to say or what we had to say, um, this is kind of like the table with the with the fee based on the turnaround times. And then as you can see, when you get into one into the one to two day grading, which is pretty much immediately, uh, the fees do go up based on the value. But um, I'd imagine a lot of these do come with like the vintage baseball cards, right, Peter? Mostly. Yeah, no, it's 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 almost exclusively vintage baseball, and I'm going to give your audience kind of as a, I guess a slab stock special a little a little uh, a little hint. Okay, so I like it. If you were the owner of that Zion Williamson National Treasures RPA, and you contacted my team and you said, "I love you guys. I want to put this card in your holder, but I don't want to pay three thousand seven hundred fifty dollars because it's worth what it is." You know what we'd say? Pay 30 bucks. We appreciate your support. In other words, guys, we're looking to grow into the areas that we are weakest in. And we're very strong in certain areas and we're weaker in others. And in order to incentivize that growth, kind of, again, accelerate that process, we don't want to make it hard for you to help us get to where we want to be. Which means that if you do have a high-end modern card, 
you can almost bet guys that you're not going to get a call from SGC saying it's time to pay us more money because you chose to go with us. That's awesome. It's awesome to hear. Um, Those upcharges can get quite extensive, quite extensive from other companies. Nate, do you have something? Um, Well, there's actually a good one here. Do you grade non-sport? Definitely. And this is an area I am, I have, failed guys i have to be better with this i've said it to myself constantly once in a while you know someone commented on our instagram post the other day and he said i am trying so hard to get you guys pokemon and you're not doing me any favors because you never post it on instagram and that that individual was so correct the bottom line is is that um you know just even breaking down the numbers there are more sports cards in our building but there are so many TCG cards, Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, MetaZoo, kind of the, the whole thing. And that's an area that we are looking to get much more, um, I don't want to say aggressive in, but we, we want to kind of reach out an olive branch to those collectors and let them know that, you know, those cards and SGC holders look fantastic. We know what we're doing on the cards. And um, again, I almost, I take, I guess I, I, I take the fall for this one. I, I, I really should be pushing you know, very diversely across the entire collecting um, spectrum. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm a sports card collector myself. I do fool around with first edition Pokemon because it's what I collected when I was a kid, but nothing, nothing really beyond that. But uh, a large portion of our staff are almost very much the inverse of me, where they know <laughs> a lot more about Charizard than they do about, you know, whoever. And um, we'll get better with that. I want to let everyone know that. But the answer is yes, we grade Pokemon very accurately. We have a lot of experience doing it. Pokemon cards have been around since very early on. So is SGC. We've been seeing them for 20 years. And um, again, my apologies for even making you ask that question. It's just a complete failure on my part to, to outreach to you. Justin asked about grading Pokemon from Asian countries like Korea and China releases. I know they grade Japanese cards. So again, I'm not an expert on Pokemon, but if I'm if I'm kind of correct here, the answer would be yes. We we do grade them, unless I'm missing something and I'm just you know naive to the the origin of these cards. We do grade international cards of all kinds. You know, vintage soccer is usually produced overseas. Um, you know, there's many cards from there's a, a famous Babe Ruth issue from Germany, um, and the answer to that is yes unless I'm missing something. But if you want a definitive answer on that, you could just take a quick image on your phone, email it to support at gosgc.com and we'll give you a little more of a, a surefire answer on that because I'd hate to have you spend the money to send your cards in only to have them returned back to you ungraded. Awesome. Bishop, uh, Peter, when SGC receives a card of grade, does SGC clean the card before the grader? Do we need to do that before we submit? I'm assuming he is mentioning like microfiber cloth to like, get thumbprints off of the card dust. Yeah, definitely. So, so as collectors, you know, there's so many, our, our team is made up of people that either grew up in this hobby and, and love it, or people that kind of taught someone how awesome this hobby is a little later in life. Since that's the case, we get it. We understand how you all operate because we are just all of you, basically. In other words, we understand that when you're holding a Panini Prism, it is near impossible to put it in the penny sleeve, to put it in the card saver without getting anything on the surface and to hold the, the condition of the card against that fingerprint that literally just goes boop and it's gone to us doesn't make much, much sense. 
So, you know, clean is a heavy word because clean can mean in, in vintage, if you clean a 48 leaf Jackie, that could mean that you literally dip the card in bleach. That's very different than what we're doing, but we do you guys a solid. If we have your card and there's something that again, is just one of those flicks or a, a simple whoop and it's gone, we will, we will do that a hundred percent of the time because we, in our opinion, we should, that's how it should go or we wouldn't do it in the first place. That's extremely impressive. I actually thought the answer was going to be no, because I think for a lot of places, the answer is no. And I do oftentimes have to like take a lot of time to like, oh, is there a fingerprint in this car? Let me get my microfiber out. Sometimes when you're not like, you know, at least for me, I've done it for a lot of years, but if you're not the expert, it's a daunting task, right? Like pulling out your thousand dollar card and trying to wipe that thing off. Nate, I'm sure that you would probably be super scared to do that. Uh, uh, I was going to say lazy Nathan here took that to mean never wipe off a fingerprint or dust ever again. Just send cards in as they are because I know it's taken care of and I don't have to risk it. Yeah, look, there there is a certain level of that, Nate, that I almost welcome. Like I've seen I've actually seen people just growing up in the hobby. I've seen people prep cards for PSA and it's this insane process where they're it's 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 literally insane. I mean, it's like crazy what they're doing just, just to make sure that when the grader has it, there's nothing else on the card or they're going to get an, a nine or an eight or whatever it is. It's like, don't get me wrong. Do your cards a solid, you know, I don't need to create more work for my team that has a lot of cards to grade, but at the same time, again, I don't want anyone ever feeling like we held a fingerprint against them. The one thing I would definitely advise against is a lot of the time um, what, what we find in the grading room is that collectors use some kind of solution at times on their prism cards. Like it, it, it literally is like an external substance. Do not do that. It is damaging your cards. It's hurting your cards. It's not helping your cards. That would be my advice. Um, but again, overall, we, you know, you're paying us good money to grade your, your cards. We can, we can use a microfiber cloth to make sure that, you know, the fingerprint that, that you put on it accidentally isn't, being held against the the condition of the card. I love it. Uh, that's okay. so great to hear. Marcus SGC is a leader of the hobby. It's simple. Be honest and be caring. Thank you for the real talk and professionalism. And then uh, Michael Ham, does Peter feel there should be a standard scale of grading a card? I've had a lot of thoughts about this because of how there's like, you know, obviously SGC and PSA and BGS, that's what a lot of the discussions, but now there's a lot of other random grading companies too, but there's no standard scale. It's like, it's hard to figure out sometimes. But Peter, let's hear your thoughts. So, like I said, I, I can say definitively, we are much closer to PSA than we are to the Beckett scale. And that's not to say, you know, anything. It's just a, I, what I would call a fact. Um, so I would say we're, we're much more similar to the PSA scale of grading. Um, the one thing I will say is we've, we've thought about that, actually. And to some degree, we've kind of, um, I don't want to say we're working on it, but we kind of agree with you. We agree with you. And I think that what, what bothers me is when, you know, a new grading company pops up almost out of thin air and that's the place you like wash your cards with. In other words, if your card can't get a 10 anywhere else, these guys are just so desperate to break in or they don't have the expertise to see that the card's trimmed or has color added and they'll just grade it. We, I'm not going to say which company it was, but a, a newer company, we got a, uh, a Jeter SP rookie from um, the other day. The card was in, I believe, an eight. We had to call the customer because we liked the card until we saw that there was color added to it. Um, that Jeter SP on the back, there's that blue corner. Someone added some, some pretty obvious color and we actually had to buy the card back 
because we had cracked it out. We weren't able to see it had, I believe, no minimum grade. So we cracked it out. When we went to grade it, um, we saw color was added. And apparently these other companies, they, they literally don't have the experience to know what color added to a corner looks like. So that's, that matters, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's hopefully I circle my way around to that answer. Out of curiosity, what do you do with the cards you crack out? Put them on a wall somewhere or? Well, what do you mean by to... crack out, Nate? Because the only time we'll crack out a card is if it's going in our holder. That 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 specific instance where you had to buy it. So yeah. you crack it out, you can't see something, you have to okay. buy it. You have like a wall somewhere where you right. have like. I, I, I have to be honest, you know, the way that I would think a lot of other companies operate. And I, I believe even the way that SGC operated in the past was we would downgrade the card or put it in an A. Okay. So, so um, there, there are circumstances where if we were, you know, if we saw a card again and uh, upon review, we actually saw, you know what, we missed that. And that's an alteration and it shouldn't be in a numerical grade. It should be in an authentic holder. Or if the card was in a nine and now it's an eight and the collector chooses to just take the full value of the card rather than the difference of the, the values on the card back, there's a few things we'll do. I think the, the traditional thing, the more business savvy thing would be to put it in the correct grade and then just auction it off with like a third party seller and just put those fees in the company's bank account. Instead, I do things like give them away to employees. Um, for example, we damaged a Pikachu. It was a Pikachu. It was like, um, I don't pretend to know the, the name of the card, but it, it's Pikachu in front of a birthday cake. And it's a really cool looking Pokemon card. I'm, I'm into it. And it was, it was really cool. And um, we have a woman in our verification, in our research and ID department, who is just a Pokemon fanatic, the best employee on earth, could not be more passionate about cards, loves Pokemon. Her desk is just like a, there's like a fan of every Pokemon card. I went over and remember the card was now damaged, but she doesn't care. She's, you know, she's a collector that just would love that card. So I, I gave that one. We bought it back. We made it right with the collector. I ended up giving that to her and it just, it was so well-deserved and it made her day. And now it's sitting there raw because it would probably grade a three but she's just so proud to have it. So that's one example. But look, if we if we damaged a big, big, big card or, or a card's grade did need to change, um, in the absolute, like, I guess the absolute worst case, we would put it in the proper grade. Then I guess we could just give it to, you know, an eBay, can, you know, I don't think we'd sell it from SGC, obviously. But we could do that. We haven't done that in a very long time, come to think of it. Um, we also don't, you know, we're not in the business of damaging major, major cars. No, no, I don't. I don't think it happens very often. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing though. One thing. One thing you guys can learn, and I love like, it's it's so fun to like educate people on what happens um, at SGC. But you know, we damage a lot of cards, and people say, you know, that's a lot of cards. But when you're grading five thousand a day, if you damage two a day, it's too too many. Granted, you know, it's totally unacceptable to us. But that's like 0.0001%. You know, it, it almost never happens. And the thing that is so important that I take a tremendous amount of pride in is your card could go from a 9.5 to a 9. I mean it. We will call you. If it was us that made that card go from a 9.5 to a 9, we will call you. It could be a $15 difference. We'd rather get you on the phone, give you your $15 and your card back in the 9 rather than the 9.5. But no that you appreciate the heads up and the honesty rather than getting that card back and knowing that corner wasn't Nick before I sent it. 
you know? So it, I think the difference between us and, and maybe some others is that we always let you know if we change the condition of your card, um, I guess in any kind of like really meaningful way, because that's not what we're paid to do. We're paid to protect them. Love We've that. Got... I'm pretty sure Aaron's had a good number of experience with other grading companies on sending in cards and getting them back with uh, a dinged corner or this or that yeah. on it. Yeah, and we... it's, I mean, it's just so easy. I mean, you just call the person like, like I said, guys, the grading business, it's like newsflash. This is a good business to be in. And it just, it almost, the bar has just been so low for so long. It's like, be better guys. Come on. Like there's just no, there's, there really is no reason to mistreat people. Like Peter, I, I have to give you guys props for that. And also say that like, that's the same way we think about things. You know, when we're there breaking cards and, and I accidentally ripped the wrong pack for someone that they told me they want pack four, but I accidentally ripped pack three for them. I'll give them pack three and pack four for the same price they pay for pack four. Right. That's my mistake, right? It's not like, oh, you got to live with it, right? No, it's like, that was my fault. You get both packs. Like, it's just not, it, there's no way in any world that $25 or whatever is just worth it, right? It's like the customer's always first. I think, I, exactly. sponge, I think of the SpongeBob episode when I, I don't know <laughs> if anyone knows the, the hotel one. But. Yeah, I can appreciate that. <laughs> I think, I think, um, you know, I remember I was getting, there's like a sushi place across from SGC and, and my fiance had asked me to pick up dinner on my way home. She had ordered it. I was just picking it up and I go there and I'm expecting to just grab the bag and leave because it's ready. And the guy ends up coming to me like devastated. He's like, I'm so sorry. I made you the salad instead of the sashimi or something. And he just said, can I get you a drink, sir? You know, cause then I had to wait. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, this place does it right. Like they screwed up. Everyone screws up. But, you know, he's offering me a drink. And then after I said, you know, no thanks to the drink, he actually gave me, a, imagine like the salad and the sushi together for the same price of one. It's it's really not hard to do that. And the reason that I think we've been successful at SGC is we've brought a fresh mindset, uh, a, a, a fresh approach, I guess, to a traditionally underserved audience. And they, you know, it, the bar has been low for so long, guys, that we're we're truly not that special. It's just time to to raise that bar because we all deserve it. If we want this hobby to achieve the heights we want it to, you know, sending in a five thousand dollar card that that's in the condition of a nine or ten, you get it back. It's in the condition of a four or five, and they didn't tell you, you know, anything about that. That that's not good for the hobby. It's just going to chase people away and make them feel like this is a totally illegitimate, you know, industry business, whatever you want to call it. So. Um, yeah, it's like I appreciate the kind words every time we do that, but then I kind of scratch my head, like, just why it's so incredible, you know. I want to give you some props because you've been able to hold 150 viewers in here for nearly two hours. That is pretty impressive, you know. If I, just I feel talk, all night. I challenge you guys. Let's like, I'm not kidding. I love <laughs> this. It is the biggest break. I was in the waiting room. I was backstage in the waiting room trying to like, you know, adjust my shirt and make sure I was ready for this. And I'm watching you guys go through these cards. You two, I deal with a lot of people in the hobby that do different things. You two may just have the single best job that I've seen out there where you can just talk cards as if I'm sitting with my buddies in my living room. It is awesome. And I like I wish my microphone was on because I, I wanted to comment on some. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's I, I, I truly love what I do. I love the people that love it. I say it all the time. When I was growing up, you know, you didn't have Instagram and even YouTube. So I didn't have that many friends that collected cards. But the commonality there that we 
we each appreciate these pieces of cardboard or chromium if they're modern, whatever they are. There's so much there that there's just no reason to to treat each other like, you know, badly. Like I, the toxicity in this in this space, if I have anything to say about it, man, it's it's going to go away because it's just harmful to everyone. And there's just no reason for it. We're all weirdos that love this stuff. So let's just take pride in it. Let's grow it. And let's just be nice to each other because they're cards. There's no reason to freak out. You know, even if you love SGC or hate SGC, tell me you don't like the label. There's no reason to shout at me. You know, it's like, what did I do? Yeah. Um, I got you. I'm going to read through some comments here because there's some good questions. I also thought of a while back when you said some things, but Tom said, every time I hear, see Peter speak or hear Peter speak, I speak the, oh, the more confident I am in the future of SGC and the hobby, I really appreciate that he's not afraid to say when he doesn't know something, it's not done enough in the hobby. Um, Nate and I try to do the same thing on up to, you know, there's, we say so many words every single week. We say like three hours of different podcasts and videos. Obviously we're going to say wrong things along the way. But really, it is taking ownership, which is the best thing. And I've had know. to eat a lot of crow in my uh, three years <laughs> yeah. of this. Yeah, no, Not look, I, I get it. And let me just say thank you for that comment, Tom. It, it means a lot to me. Um, the best experts are the ones that know for a fact that they just don't know everything. And there are a lot of experts. I'm telling you guys, you know, we know the we're very well connected in this space. And we know the graders out there that don't, you know, operate in this building or the experts elsewhere, there are a lot of them that just can never admit that they're wrong or, or they, they, they choose to act like they know what they're doing and they really don't. It is such an important quality of a real expert to be able to say, I don't know, or I got that wrong, whatever it may be. The best umpires in the league are the ones that are kind of, you know, ready to eat it if they, if they make, you know, they blow it, you know, so I appreciate that. This is a really, really good question from Bobbles and Ball Cards. I had the exact same question. Speaking of alteration, have you given thought to adding the alt for altered and the authentic for authentic or the AU for authentic to the card side as an A so it can be known by the buyers if it's altered or just slide authentic? And when you told said that, you know, we'll give it an A if it's altered or whatever, I thought the exact same thing because personally, just as a collector, this is someone who's just sitting here as everyone else in the stream. I'd want to know too. Yep. No, sounds like something I need to work on, doesn't it? You know, the fact that 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 he has a question on it, Aaron, and now you're kind of scratching your head on it. You guys are a hundred percent right. I have to say, I didn't. I, I greatly appreciate the question, Bobbles. Um, I didn't. I, I hope this comes off the right way. I don't. The, the last thing I want to do is sound like you know I mean something I don't. I didn't learn anything from that from that question. What I mean by that is I was aware. It's not. It's not the best way, you know, in my opinion, rather than just the letter A to represent authentic, you know, it's a label, it can say authentic, and I think it should. And I think that in that respect, um, you know, PSA's label, if you look at a PSA label, it says the word authentic, there's really nothing else, you know, left to be uh, questioned. And I, 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 I would agree that that is the way that SGC should be doing it. And I can tell you that we're taking steps to kind of, um, just improve that, that display of the authentic symbol. However, make no mistake, any card that is that is encapsulated by SGC, any card has been deemed to be authentic. So if the card is graded numerically, you can assume this is authentic and it's in the condition of a nine or a four. And if the card is in an A, you're right, it may be altered, but it is authentic. You'd never see a card of any time that is inauthentic encapsulated by SGC. 
a clearer representation of the word authentic would definitely, I think, be effective. And I agree with you guys and we're on it. Do you, do you think that there should be something that says alter on there if it is alter? I think that was the second part. It, that's also a, a really common question actually for a while. That one's a little harder to get into simply because there are certain cards. I'm telling you guys when these, you know, card doctors, whatever you want to call them, the guys who fix up the cards uh, to, to get them in better condition, you know, they don't stop at one thing. The card could be in a three, but they want a 10 on it, you know? So they'll lay down the corner on the left side. They'll, they'll clean the card, they'll flat, you know, and that's when it becomes difficult. It's like, there's four alterations on this. You know, or sometimes even the the explanation goes beyond just a word, you know, just a word designation. For example, I have I spent a lot of time in our grading room, like I would argue anyone running a grading company should. And, you know, from the grading room, I could tell you guys that there are cards where I'll hear our head grader say this is not trimmed, but it's short. I'm positive it's not trimmed, but it's very short. It came from the factory that way. Conversely, you'll have a grader say, man, this thing is big, but this is trimmed on four sides. And how does that happen? How does a card come larger than, than you know the measurements out of the factory should be, but it's trimmed on four sides? Well, you take an uncut sheet, you cut up that sheet by hand, you trim it down, it looks like a beautiful 10, but the card is twice the size that the card should be, which is a telltale sign it was cut off a sheet. So it just, it gets very intricate when it comes to why the card received the alteration it did. But I also want to admit there's more we can do and we're on it. We're on it. There's just, I promise you guys, we're running as fast as we can to make this just the best grading company in the world for you guys. It's a process, but we are truly, you know, our ears are wide open and we appreciate the feedback. Uh, Tao was, I just want to make sure that, that this comments, uh, heard about the whole redesign of the label. And Peter mentioned earlier that all options are being considered when it comes to the label and designing, because they do hear, obviously everyone's, Oh, we don't like this label, that slab, whatever. But like, keep in mind that, you know, everyone has different preferences, but they are looking into, uh, that he, he did say. Yeah. The um, thing, and just, just to reiterate, Aaron, the thing that, that really means a lot to me when we change the label is that people who currently own SGC cards, and there's a lot of them are happy with it as well. You know, I'd rather not serve one segment of our collecting community. I'd rather kind of, hopefully we could come up with something if we chose to move forward with it that satisfied everyone. It's not easy, but um, you can't accomplish it if you don't try, if you don't, you know, work on it. And that's why we just work on everything. It doesn't mean that everything's going to work out and be rolled out, but we're, we hear you loud and clear. Hip Hop says, you guys are the truth right now in the grading market. Salute for transparency. It's appreciated very much. Greatly appreciated. It's quite easy. <laughs> Bishop, uh, has SEC ever thought about creating horizontal slab? Do you feel like there's a market there for collectors with the horizontal slab for cards that are horizontal? Right. So what I would say here is, you know, there's been a few different kind of suggestions or feedback or questions posed by your audience. And some of them, I'm just like, yes, you are right on. Great question. And we're working on it. Or, you know, another one I'll, I'll you know, in my head, my wheels are spinning because I'm like, wow, that guy will be very happy in a few months when we roll out X. That is a little more getting little. I'm, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, because if you want it, it's just, it makes sense. You're a collector. You want your horizontal slabs to be that way. But I, I would call it, it's a little, to please don't take this the wrong way, but just a little more cute. It's a little more, this'll be fun. You know, that would be cool type thing. And, and that's not to say we shouldn't uh, uh, 
kind of approach those things and dive headfirst into those things. But remember, we're a company like any other. We do have a limited, a finite amount of resources and, and individuals working for the team. And with the objectives we have now, we've kind of prioritized those over something like a horizontal slab. But that's not to say it's, you know, we're ruling anything out. Sweet. Hey, Bro, uh, that go kind ahead, of reminds me. Um, yesterday we were looking at, was it a BGS booklet, Aaron? Yeah. Absurdly big. Do you guys grade booklets? So that's that's actually something that that I've been talking about for a while. Um, there is no good home for booklets right now. And hey, don't don't uh, take that as a knock on Beckett, who I believe grades most of the booklets because we don't have anything. So like, please don't take that as me saying their booklet holder stinks because um, we don't have one. But it's not great. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, this is not a shot at them because we don't even have one. But their holder is not the best for booklets. And I think even they would tell you that, you know, there, it, it kind of goes back, Nate, to that, that discussion that we had earlier about how hard these, these cards are to encapsulate safely and account for everything. Because obviously out of a, a product like National Treasures, you have vertical booklets, you have horizontal booklets, you have booklets with a patch that's this thick, and then you have booklets that just have two cut autos of Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig in it, so the card is only a 40-point card. You know, there's a lot there, which is why none of the companies have come up with, like, the, you know, the best of the best solution, but that is something. It's almost like if these manufacturers are, are going to continue to put an emphasis on booklets and, and continue to enhance the quality and with that, the value of the cards... It only makes sense that that one or hopefully all of the grading companies kind of do their part to to give these cards the home they deserve. Because I think a big thing about cards in general and collecting in general is feasibility. You know, I often say about the uniform market, the game use uniform market. They're so fun for me to collect, but how do you do it? What do you, what, you I'm going to display every uniform I have. My fiance would kill me. You know, what's nice about cards is they fit in a box. My whole collection is this big. And the thing about booklets is when you don't have a good way to collect them, you don't really want them. And when you don't want them, they don't sell for much, you know, that kind of thing. So I do think there's a lot of room for booklets. It's important we give those cards Again, the home they deserve because there are some killer, killer booklets out there, you know, and um, it's too bad that they have to, you know, if you ever go to a card show, you kind of see they're oftentimes either closed up kind of like in in a normal top load. You know, I don't know. It's one of those weird like things that like the National Treasures cards come in. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I've definitely like. You know, I've had a booklet or two in my day, but I have passed on so many because it's like, what do I do with it? That's the problem. I say, so all the time, man, I, I say all the time, there are really large cards, too, where um, there's either not a great holder for them or there's not a holder big enough. And it's really a shame because the second that you can't, you know, that you can't feasibly collect these things and transact these things, you know, you tend to not want them as much, which is a shame. All right, we've got like a back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back here. Let's see how quickly we can get through these three. Does SGC do slab grading crossover? And if so, do I get charged if it wasn't re-slab due to minimum grade or same grade? So you get charged, but here's the thing. And the reason you get charged is because that card is not only going to a grader, but it's literally following the exact process as everyone else. Let me kind of start from the beginning here. Yes, we do crossover grading. Um, it's something also that I think we need to be a, a little more... Um, I don't know, front facing about, I guess you'd say. I don't think the whole world understands that you can actually give SGC that Zion RPA and a Beckett 9, 
pay me $30 and tell me, hey, you know, I only want it if it's an SGC 9.5. And if we agree with Beckett and we feel that it's a nine, we'll simply give it back to you in the Beckett holder and tell you that the minimum grade wasn't met and not charge you an extra dollar for it. That is a major, major benefit that I often scratch my head about and say, you know, why aren't more collectors using this? Especially, you know, any PSA reveal, any Beckett reveal, or by the way, any SGC reveal, there's always a card or two that the collector kind of questions, you know, like that one looked really good when I sent it, but it got a nine and I thought it was a 10 or whatever it may be. Well, the beautiful thing about SGC is for the same price as really any card's grade, you can send it in um, for crossover and we'll take a look at it. And if we agree with you, It'll bump. In other words, there's there's no there's no downside because if if you only want the card cracked out, if it upgrades, we'll follow your direction. If you want the card cracked out as long as it's authentic and transferred to our holder, we'll follow that as well. Um, and like I said, the, the little secret that I'm going to give your audience is that you could submit some really really big modern only cards because the vintage we've been getting for a long time and we're 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 pretty uh, broken into that market. But the high-end ultra-modern guys, you could get a steal grading with SGC because it's, it's no secret that we're looking to just continue to expand our footprint. And that happens to be one of our weaker markets um, that we're looking to work on. Cool. Awesome. Elijah, best practices for what to look for when buying rare, unique vintage cards. Definitely understand if you can't answer for obvious questions. Um, I think this was the question was first posed for raw cards. I'm sure this could this could be like an hour long discussion. Like exactly, like what's the best stuff to look for? I don't know. Maybe this is a question that's just around like, hey, the nice corners, the nice edges. Maybe it's just a very intro question. I'm not exactly sure though. Centering and eye appeal. If your card looks nice, and and I would argue it's it's really hard to have a great looking card if it's way off center. Centering is the single biggest co contributor, I would say, maybe besides registration to eye appeal. If you're looking for great vintage cards that you wanna you want to do well. With SGC, my advice, guys, is to get cards that are nicely in register, that have a solid kind of image, and they're centered. Um, the way our graders look at it is these are pieces of art as far as we're concerned. And would you rather a pristine frame around an ugly painting, or would you rather a beautiful painting that's seen some hands? You know, it's got that frame that's a little beat up, but the, the painting is just gorgeous. So my point is, is sharp corners are great. Until the guy, you know, Cobb has three eyes on the T206. And then do we really care about the corners because he's got three eyes? You know, it's, it's, that's, that's kind of, um, you know, it gets more technical than that, obviously. But if you're, if, if, if anyone looking to get into vintage grading with SGC keeps that in mind, they'll probably never really be shocked by the grades they receive because that, that's what our, our guys and girls tend to, um, I guess you'd say look out for, you know, that, that eye appeal component, that beauty that comes with trading cards in general. Um, got one from Justin Kim here. has been asking a lot of questions about international shipping and uh, different stuff like that. Uh, for, Justin from Korea, it seems like. Any way that he could run group subs for SEC fans in Korea? I've emailed a couple times regarding the issue, but got no reply back. Um, so here's the thing. It, it really kills me when people say I've emailed a couple times and have no reply back. I'm not doubting that that is the case, but I have no idea how that's the case because I have support at gosgc.com. And then if you're emailing one of my team members, basically, they, I know for a fact, they always answer. So for whatever reason, I, I surely apologize that you haven't received a, a call back or, or excuse me, an email back email support at gosgc.com. And if, if 
I don't know. If you don't receive an answer, comment on one of our Instagram posts or something and, and let me know because it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I, I've seen that before where someone will say, but I haven't heard back, you know, and it just doesn't make sense to me because I look at our customer service team and we're all caught up. And I certainly know that our, our other individuals in, in kind of our um, account management and business development department wouldn't drop the ball on that. So I apologize. Um, but if you are interested, I would email support at gosgc.com and you could tell, tell them that uh, Peter told you to do so. And we'll make sure to put you in the right hand. Sorry about that. There we go. It's awesome. Um, hey, I like this question. I'm going to go ahead, Nick. How often does the surface that's not visible to the naked eye ding a card grade? Not often. I mean, it depends. This is really general. I don't want to jump to an answer because it's a general question. There's modern, there's vintage, there's different levels of surface. Uh, what is it? Surface. How often does the surface that it's not like a surface ding? Is a ding a dimple that's a crater this big, but it happens to be on a white flawless card so your eye doesn't pick it up? Or is a ding the smallest little you know, micro scratch that's not even as wide as, you know, the space between my two fingers. It's it's a general question, but I will say this. We actually gave a tour of our office to the sports card investor team. And in that tour, we walked uh, the community through one of the machines that we use. It's called the VSC machine. And it's basically, it's like a mic the microscope of all microscopes. It changes the shades and, and you know, it, it gets it down to like the pixels of the card. And in one of the examples we used, it revealed a, a, a crease that you may not have known was there. A common misconception based off of that video and that exercise was that people thought that we're just absolutely destroying these cards, putting them under these crazy microscopes, every card. And if we see this, all of a sudden the card's graded a six. That is not the case to us guys. We grade cards to the market. We are here to serve all of you. I always tell our team, we're looking to get the buyers the exact money they deserve, not a dollar less, not a dollar more, but also protect the sellers so that they're get, or excuse me, the sellers to get the dollar less, dollar more and the buyers to get exactly the card they're looking for. So if they buy a six, it shouldn't be a five, five or a six, five. It should be a six. What I mean by that is a card that doesn't have a visible flaw, will we downgrade it? If it's significant enough, yes, we will. Will we keep in mind that it's not visible? A hundred percent. That matters to us. These flaws are not all created the same. And the way that they kind of are, are I guess you'd say, interpreted by the hobby, we're very in touch with. And I think we can all agree, guys, that if you have a card, let's say you have a, um, I don't know, we'll say uh, Kevin Durant rookie. And there's something on it that you can't see, but you know is there if you angle it just right. That card will be dinged probably less than if you just look at the card from an arm's length and you could see that flaw. I mean, that's got to make sense that there's different levels to this stuff. So it's very difficult to answer, you know, in a granular way, such a, a, a broad question. But hopefully that provided some insight into our approach. Bishop's got some great questions tonight. Peter, as technology increases, do you think SGC will ever use AI to help grade cards or high-def scanners slash microscopes? Well, we do now. We do now. We, we don't grade with AI. We grade off of an expertise that's kind of um, essentially based around tribal knowledge and experience that was accumulated in our industry for over 20 years. Um, we, but I'd be lying if I said that there was, you know, the last thing I want to do is lie about AI or our practices. So no, that it's technology. I would call it technology aided, I guess, 
where we have it right there. It's kind of front and center in our grading room whenever we'd like to uh, utilize it. But there's, it, I would be lying if I said a robot is grading every card. And I would also be lying if I said that, that that's what we were putting all resources into. I have to be honest with you guys. We're very good at teaching um, card collectors how to become card graders. We're very, very good at it. So much so that I actually have a surplus of graders. What I need more help with is the encapsulation process is very difficult. And that's where we're trying to grow right now because we have ample kind of experts uh, walking around. And I, I use that term loosely. I should say passionate card collectors, passionate hobbyists um, that can very easily be integrated into our grading room with the proper training. But the issue isn't always that. The common assumption is that the bottleneck is the grading. And with SGC, it's, it's actually not the case because we've shown to be uh, very effective in the scaling and the, the, the kind of handing off of the knowledge. Thank you for answering that. There's a lot of really, really good comments here. Just nice comments. Uh, Jennifer, this is such a good show. Can't believe with my attention span, I've stayed this long. I still can't believe Nate's still sitting there. I'm going to second that because <laughs> I have the world's worst attention span and I've actually been listening to Peter. So Peter, That's awesome, guys. I if, really... <laughs> if, the, if the president of the grading company doesn't work out, I think you have a second career as a public speaker. I, I appreciate it, man. I, I really, I think the reason people say that is because I really do love this stuff. Like I'm not, you know how much preparation I put into this show? Zero, zero. It's like, I, I forgot I was coming on from the hours of five to six type thing, you know? And I just love talking cards. I'm truly jealous of you guys that, that get to talk cards a lot more than I do. But, um, you know, being able to help the hobby in any way just doesn't stink all that much. So I really appreciate that comment. Yeah. And Jordan is demanding. He just wants to know IHOP or Waffle House, Peter. Ooh, I'll tell you one thing. IHOP tends to be a lot more accessible. There was a Waffle House. I went to school at Florida State, go Knowles in Tallahassee. There was a beautiful Waffle House there that I took full advantage of. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of both, I'd say. I'm a fan of both. I used to get the smiley face pancakes at IHOP when I was a kid. Still remember that. So, uh, uh, um, Along those same lines, real quick, real quick. I know there are Culver's now in Florida. Have you made your way to a Culver's yet? I can say that I've never heard of Colts, what, let alone eaten there. Oh my gosh, Peter! Yeah. I don't know. I might kick you up. We got to kick him off. <laughs> I could list through guys the entire Taco Bell menu, Wendy's, all mm, of them. Taco I don't. Bell. I don't know anything about Culver's. If you find a Culver's, you have to try it. That is well, well, in Florida. Do yourself a favor. Look it up after this. There's there's at least a couple Culver's in Florida. I don't know what part of Florida you're in. There may be one close by. Well worth traveling to get a burger and some custard and some cheese curds. Custard? What is it, like a milkshake? Oh, no. <laughs> That's a real – you guys are getting real Wisconsin on me when you're talking about custard. I mean, like yogurt? Like <laughs> yogurt. <laughs> they give them a lesson. Um, custard is basically pe – people like to say – This, it's is, this is where all the viewers drop off, by the way. Once we start talking custard, they're out. Anyway, <laughs> oh, no. If they had had custard, they'd know. It's basically like ice cream, but way more creamy and delicious. Well, I like yeah. creamy and delicious. So, <laughs> uh, Justin, uh, first time joining the Slab Socks Live due to different time zones, but want to say there are many people in Korea who, Korea who appreciate what you do, both Aaron and Nate. Thank you. And uh, we say thank you back. That's awesome to hear. Um, we yeah, always we always really like to hear just any feedback like that, especially from the international community. I know we're uh, touching people over there. So cool um sam's got a good question here a lot and i know nate brought up something like this but a lot of cards have print defects let's say like print lines on a bowman chrome auto um how does SGC grade these cards with what standards 
So there's different, you know, so so you said Bowman Chrome Auto. That's very different than a print defect on a 51 Bowman Maze that For is sure. riddled with print defects, you know? So these things, again, it's very dangerous to, to talk about one thing is that, you know, it's impossible, I guess I should say, to give a true answer on that. And anyone who does is, is not in the best interest of the hobby because they're just so different. But for example, if you have a Bowman Chrome Auto, like Aaron said, and there's a scratch on the surface, which unfortunately, as I know myself from opening Bowman Chrome for years, there's a lot of scratches on surfaces right out of the pack. But it's very important, guys, where that scratch lies. For example, there have been times when I'm flipping through cards and you'll see a scratch and the scratch literally cuts through the player's eyes. Okay. Obviously, as the grading company who's in charge of protecting the buyers of these cards as well as the sellers, we can't say that's a gem mint card. We probably can't say that's a mint card because not only is there a scratch, but it is so detrimental to the, the enjoyment of the piece. It is cutting through the individual's face, you know? So that card, that, that defect, we would hit much, much, much further than a defect if it's a, you know, imagine a, a nick about that big right in the bottom right-hand corner. It doesn't disrupt the image of the card at all. It's there and we'll knock you for it. But you, you know, again, the, that knock, is very different and it's important that it's different because it should be different because not all defects are created equal. So it, it, it really depends, but if it bothers you as a collector a lot, it'll probably bother our graders because they're kind of in it to protect you. So if it's not that bad, we will probably agree with you, but if it is that bad, we'll also probably agree with you. Tom uh, said, I could definitely listen to Peter talk the business all night. Feel like feels like a free seminar in education grading. And I'd say, I think that's why there's been 140, 150 people here sticking here for the last two and a half hours, because this is not uh, information that's just like readily available. I mean, you can find it by talking to other people, but keep in mind, everyone, this is the CEO president of one of the big three grading card companies. Um, so it's a very special opportunity to be able to listen. And even for us too, I mean, I'm learning stuff just sitting here. I'm sure Nate is too. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, proof is in the pudding. William setting the cards aside for PSA. No, nope. going to SGC now. Nope. Yeah. Oh, that, like, you know, <laughs> thank you a lot. <laughs> thank you. You know, I'm just like I said, guys, it's it's really it's just really not that hard to do this. And I appreciate it so much to see a comment like that. It means a lot. I know that there are benefits to both companies. I know that there are very good reasons to send a certain card to one as opposed to the other. And the fact that anything I'm saying here and teaching you guys more about SGC is helping kind of, you know, sway, sway that, that, that feeling to, to grade that card with us. It really means a lot. So thanks a lot, William. I appreciate that. Um, let's see. My, my favorite question of the night. Can I bring it up? Oh, lost it. Oh, there it is. Why is Aaron? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just the way I am because I'm the way I am. I can't. That's the question it. I've been asking for years. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tony asked this a couple of times. I know Peter talked about this early on, but just Peter, really quick, will SGC ever do subgrades just for new people that joined? Sure. So for the new people that joined, I'll, I'll give you the very, very short version. And please know I dove way farther into this earlier on. But basically, guys, SGC doesn't do subgrades because we just don't grade with them. We don't feel that we could provide accurate grading if we kind of locked ourselves into these four neat boxes, average those boxes and give you a score. We don't find it to be an effective way of grading or we would provide them, especially in the wake of, of supporters or, or collectors like yourself asking for that. 
So I want you guys to know that I want to give as much as I can. But when I feel that I'm sacrificing the um, essentially the product itself, the, the opinion of our experts, that's just a no go for us. So unfortunately, we don't grade off of corners, edges, centering and, and uh, surface. There is a lot more that goes into it um, in addition to all of that. So I apologize for anyone who would want it, but please rest assured, you know, I'm going to do my best guys to kind of keep educating the community on grading with SGC and kind of the, the do's and don'ts and what we look out for. And um, there is going to be some great stuff, even in addition to that, hopefully coming in the in the near future for SGC to empower you guys and have you just gain a deeper understanding for not only how grading works, but also why your card may have graded that way. And it sounds like that the Q's guy also, my whole PSA stack is going to SGC now. I as well just sent out like a 12 or nine card submission today and all of them went to SGC from the show this weekend. That's amazing. And I say it all the time. Thank you so much again for that comment. I am rooting for you guys. I mean it, guys. So do our graders, by the way. When they are about to, to, to grade a new order, I promise you guys, they are hoping that every card's a 10. But they have to call it straight. You know, so what I mean by that is I hope when you guys submit, I, I hope you get, if you're a modern guy, all 10s, or if you're a vintage, you know, guy or girl, I hope I hope you do great. But the one thing I can tell you is we're going to call it straight. guys. <laughs> There's going to be no bias there. Anyone assigning grades to cards at SGC is an unbelievably well-trained individual with a deep respect, not only for your items in general, but for this hobby, this, this industry as a whole. And also know that we have checks and balances in place to maintain that the errors that are natural to come with human beings, we are catching absolutely as many as we can. And if you ask me, it's kind of all, it's all you can ask for. You know, if the card's not a 10, you shouldn't get a 10, but I hope all your cards get 10s. So just look them over carefully. <laughs> um, Andrew, do can Canadian submitters get discounts? So I'm assuming it's the same fees for Canadian versus the United States. Yeah, that would be a little difficult. I, I can <laughs> understand, I guess, why that, that question would be asked. I would assume there may be further fees incurred by uh, a supporter in Canada than one um, here domestically. And I... I feel for that. I really do. I, I hate to think that any uh, collectors anywhere in the world have to pay more than others. Um, but kind of piggybacking off of that sentiment, I almost feel it would be kind of a slippery slope. You know, why would a collector in Canada get a discount when the collector we spoke to earlier in South Korea wouldn't? And, you know, and it, it would it's a little tough. I, I almost I. Um, you know, this is like the hard part of my job almost to just have to hear it and listen and, and feel for you. But I, I don't have a I don't have a great answer right now, which I deeply apologize for. But I do want you guys to know that I take your feedback very seriously. And I will be speaking to our office manager and our shipping department once again on international shipping for the umpteenth time. But we're going to do our best, guys, to get this as low as possible for you guys to make it just easier and easier to grade with SGC. All right, Peter, I got, a, I got like a question here to wrap it up. We're approaching two and a half hours now. So, um, you know, two things. We'll make this a twofold, twofold question is what's your number one goal for SGC in 2022? I know you set goals. It's obvious, you know, to run this, to turn your company into what it has been um, with your whole team. You have to have goals. And then also, why should a customer give SGC a shot if they're sitting here and saying, like others have had, I have a stack for PSA or BGS, or whoever it might be, should it be SGC? Well, I hope everyone gives us a shot, obviously. I, I would argue that when you when you 
mean what you say, you say what you mean, you're upfront. At the very least, you, you deserve a shot, you know, and that's not to say you deserve that second card. But I hope I hope, guys, that you'll at least try us out either before, you know, there have been a few comments on the label. I hear you. You're entitled to that opinion, just like our supporters who love the label are entitled to their opinion. The only thing I ask is there's no reason to be vicious and to act like we're like at war with one another. And and it's almost like don't knock it till you try it type mentality, you know. But speaking, Aaron, to your question on 2022, I mean it when I say I'm almost like I'm still that child who was going to doubleheader with his dad in Long Island, New York to open up packs and packs and packs and all I wanted for every holiday was just cards and cards. <laughs> I am that guy. And it, it is literally an out of body experience. I mean it everyone to see you guys just loving hearing about grading and appreciating it and, and loving the experience. It makes me so happy to, to go online and see like people that are just wowed by the fact that their cards actually returned on time or that they hit a 10 on a really tough card with a low pop. Um, because SGC just grades, you know, true and doesn't doesn't factor in these other things. Um, it means the world to me. And all I know, guys, is a lot of you have been very positive. But I think we all would agree that whether it's on another forum or another page or whatever it is, there are people that aren't positive. And there are people that are so it's OK to be negative. I want to make that clear. There's been a lot of I guess you'd call it negative but constructive feedback here you know, there's so much negativity and in a lot of ways, almost like vitriol. I, I really in 2022 would love to just contribute in any way possible to, to lowering that, growing the hobby and just turning a lot more people, I guess, into SGC supporters, not on behalf of me, honestly, but this team. My favorite thing to do is to like, just keep this train going and, and grow it and make more people happy. And like I said, it's a good enough business. I don't need to be here pinching every last penny of profit I can. You know, there's enough time to really sit back and, and kind of enjoy what really matters, which is making the thing that you grew up with so much better. It is a blessing like that I, I wish to everyone at some point in their life gets to, you know, do something like, like the opportunity I've been so lucky to, to have here. So I know that's, you know, general, but I think overall, guys, I just want to make more collectors happy, make the space bigger for all of us. And um, hopefully the negativity and the hate towards whether it's us or anyone else, just there's no point. I agree. Um, and then Nate just brought up a comment, I think, or maybe that was me on accident. But yeah, no no walkthroughs right now, but looking into it in the future, I believe. Um, Peter, I mean, that was well said. That was well said for sure. And I just want to appreciate or say thank you. And I appreciate all the time you gave not only us, but the community right now too. I mean, this is a lot of people that came here, check this out. I um, mean, hear you speak for, for good reasons. I mean, this was a lot of really, really important stuff, interesting stuff. And the nice thing is that Peter's doing this to help you all, you know, he's not here because obviously, you know, the more cards that come to SGC, the more SGC can grow, but really it's like, he didn't just sit here and say, Hey, send us cards because, we grade them fast, right? Like he could have just said that. He could have said we, we beat all the turnaround times, but he sat for two hours and explained their process, basically every single question that ever came up here. Um, that's quite impressive. That's quite impressive. And I, I thank you for that. I uh, believe me, Aaron, I really appreciate that, but I also want everyone to know that um, I'm willing to do this. This is not hard. It's very enjoyable for me. It's great to interact with all of you. I wish I could do it more. 
Um, but just know that this will not be the end. I want to say it on record, Aaron, Nate, you guys have me anytime you want me for your community. Let's, let's, if, if everyone enjoyed this, that's amazing to hear. And I am just really looking forward to kind of continuing this. Was this hard guys? Like we just kind of sat around the time got away from us. It's just, just talking what we love. So, um, yeah, man, I appreciate the opportunity. And I think you guys have just done an incredible job of con connecting with not only some hobby veterans, but also newcomers, which I think is rare for the space. And, you know, anytime there's there's really any content creator in the space looking to just just move the ball forward for all of us, that should be looked at positively. And uh, that's what I deem you guys to be. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Peter. And thank you, everyone, too, for joining. Uh, once again, apologies to my camera was broken tonight. I'm going to try to fix it as soon as possible. Um, last, last comment here. I'm just going to bring up from hip hop. Any plans to expand grading factories in other coasts? So look guys, we keep growing at the rate that we're growing. Believe me, you're, there's a lot coming from SGC. I, I mean that too. Uh, we have shown an ability to scale to a, a great degree. Um, we've actually done some experimentation on kind of opening, imagine like a little satellite that's right next door. So it's safe enough where we can monitor it and see what's going on, but it is disconnected in many ways and it's been a smashing success. So theoretically, um, as far as I'm concerned, it would take not, not that much to, to look into something like that. And right now we are able to keep up. You all see that with the turnaround time, but believe me, I'm going to do everything in my power before I have to raise price. That's just not what I'm looking to do. Cause that, that equals, you know, unhappy faces and I don't like it and I don't want to. So if it meant expanding, you know, geographically, um, believe me guys, I'm in nothing is, nothing is too big for this team. Uh, we're, we're really, this is just the start, you know, it's been 12 months and you all have helped us so much and believe me guys, it's only going to get better from here. Can't wait. That's awesome. I cannot wait. And, uh, once again, everyone just thank you for coming. Please check out if you want to. I just dropped the link a little bit ago, but I'll drop the link again. That's the link that gives you all the services and pricing with SGC. And you can submit directly on their website if you want to walk through a submission process and track how fast it goes yourself. Um, feel free to do it there. And uh, like I said, I sent off an order this morning with some super awesome cards, and I can't wait to get them back soon. And uh, I thank Nate for uh, being really, really in tune this entire time because, Peter, you just got something I might not have gotten for like three years. Once you talk on the same camera for someone with th for three years – um, they stop listening to you pretty quickly. So, well, there you go. There you there go. Times yeah. where Aaron's telling me something like about work, and all of a sudden I have to stop him and say, "Actually, can you repeat all that?" Because it turns out I heard like the first two words, and then I may, <laughs> I may just be the glue that holds you two together. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, everyone. Same place, same time next week, six p.m. Eastern time for another Slab Socks Live. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Thank you, Peter, again. And we will see you all in the next episode. And, and one uh, last thing. Yep, one ahead. last thing. Peter and everyone else, if you haven't got custard from Culver's, find yourself some Culver's this week. Go get yourself some custard. I'm out. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, everyone watching. Really appreciate it. See you, Peter. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys.